Hey, RJ. Hmm. It's November. It is? It's not October. What do you mean? Are you saying Creeptober is done? Creeptober... Uh, well, Creep... No, October's over. Creep, Creeptober doesn't end till this is done. Are you saying that Creeptober will live as long as it's inside of us? Yeah, something like that. What I'm saying, hmm. too, is that uh, Ghoul School is talking out of school now. If you feel me? Excuse me? What are you talking about over there? I don't know. This is... Wait. What is this? Episode 9? This is episode 9? We, we didn't hit We didn't hit X. We didn't hit uh, space. So this is Ghoul School Goes to Hell? Yes. The finale? Yeah. Well, no. The final Friday? No, this is this is the shitty one where, uh, like, Jason is like a demon, like, puppet ghost that possesses people. And so every, so we're all like Jason on the inside, if he, if he gets mm. here. And it's, and it's a terrible movie, and it was in 3D. Hmm. So this is when we go to hell. This hey, did you go recto, recto, retroactively rename all our other ghost schools to line up with the Friday the 13th? No. Hey, what happens when we pass the Friday the 13th series? Well, then we'll take on the, uh, was it the witch, witchery or uh, sorceress? There's like 15 or 16 of those. Mm. We, we could also mm. take on uh, like Star Trek original series uh, episode names. Critters? Well, there's only like four of those. Critters? We need longevity. Critters? Hobgoblin? Mm, well, there's only two hobgoblins. Oh, you, well, you know what? Uh, we could talk about that right now because I know you watched both of those, and they seem to be very well received by you. We um, could talk about that right now, but I'd rather not. Well, okay. What, what we should talk about then is mm. uh, how was your Halloween, RJ? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. I uh, I think I've said before I like handing out candy on Halloween. Uh, I think it's fun. So I got home. Uh, you know, did the house chores. You know how there's always house chores to do. And uh, got ready for the uh, the kids. And we had uh, 88 trick-or-treaters this year, which was uh, pretty hot. Last year, we only got 50. But I think the weather was a little worse last year. So they, uh, I bet some parents held uh, the littler guys and just, uh, you know, why, why go out? But uh, yeah, handed out candy. And it was about two and a half hours just full on every like two minutes the doorbell rang so um what, what are some big takeaways uh mo- the most popular costume i saw was captain america hmm. uh my favorite costume was this girl dressed up like a brown bat it was like a fur shirt with a fur hood with little black ears and then under her arms were little bat wings and i thought it was awesome because it wasn't just like a normal bat it was it was very specifically like a, a furry brown bat. Right. And I was like, that's so cool because that had to have been made for her. There's <laughs> there's no way I there's like no way you could just buy that thing as like a popular Halloween costume. It's like, oh, yeah, all the all the kids want to go as brown bats these days. We better mass produce <laughs> these things. Yeah. To me, it sounds like almost like a mom went into business for herself. It's possible. It's possible. Or, so that was my ambitious f- granny. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that was my favorite costume. Uh, my favorite trick-or-treater was uh, a little boy who was like maybe three years old. And uh, when I opened the door, he uh, he just walked into the house and he went, trick-or-treating. 
trick-or-treating and he just walked into my house and he was coming in i was like oh i was like you better not come in here man and his mom was like no don't go inside <laughs> but uh, i thought it was really cute because he's like trick-or-treating so that was pretty nice mm. um i got some weird comments uh one thing i was wearing uh, a vegas knights hoodie and uh, there was a group of like grade six boys and um one of the kids was like uh nice merch man way to rep and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what is this kid talking about? I thought it was so weird. And then two other kids mentioned my hoodie. And one one like really shy kid was like, that's my favorite team. Is it yours? I was like, sure. Sure. Sure, kid. Sure, sure kid. Let Whatever. Just, let me just show you down to the basement. Oh, Jarrett. Jarrett. Uh, so that was weird. And then uh, one thing, I don't know if I told you about this. So I was handing out candy uh, with no socks on. Cause I'm in, I was in my house. What? It's my house. Oh, I'll dress weirdo. how I want. No. Okay. So Andrea said the same thing. She's like, she's Come like, on. why are you? She's like, why don't you put socks on? I was like, why? I was like, I wear bare feet in my house. And she's like, people are gonna think you're weird. I was like, no <laughs> one's gonna. I was like, nobody's gonna care. I was like, they're coming to my house, begging me. Hey, kid, you for want candy. You, you want this candy? You got. You gotta be able, willing to accept my barefootedness. It's got, well, the candy's got nothing to do with my feet. Doesn't it though? It it doesn't. Does it, I, I don't know. They're so. There's at least three feet difference between where the candy is coming from and my feet. So I thought, like, well, I still you had think. No, well, I guess if you had no arms, I'd be okay with it. Because then you'd have to use your feet to hand the candy yeah. to kids. But you've got arms. Yeah. Why are your so, feet open? Oh, God. Why wouldn't it. they be open? Why does it matter? Why does it matter? So here's the thing. I still don't get it. But a couple kids did look at my bare feet. Yeah, they're like, are you a hobbit? Well, they were just like, oh, why is this guy not wearing socks? And I was like, why don't yeah. I come to your house and see how often you have socks on? Sometimes you got to let those little toe beans breathe, Jarrett. This is like the most disgusting thing I've, that's ever been on this podcast channel. When do you have do you when do you have bare feet? I don't want to alarm you, RJ, but <laughs> your uh, door just opened up all by itself very ghostly. Um, <laughs> did it? It did. Hmm. Yeah. Suspicious to yeah, say the least. Yeah, I don't know. This might be the uh, end of the podcast because there might be <laughs> a, some sort of uh, Bloomhouse ghost thing is going to kill RJ, and I'll I'll be like, no, no, I'll be screaming, Nani. Do you think one of those little kids uh, who saw my bare feet has come back to finish the job? Uh, I think it might be like the ghost of decency come to like put an end okay. to you. Okay. All right. When do you have bare feet? Like when I'm done with the outside world. Yeah, I was done with the outside no, you world. Weren't. I was in my house. No, you weren't. You were engaged. I was in my you house. Were engaging with. It's like when that door. There's like there's like coming over to an open house and you see some dude wandering around with his bare feet and you're just like. It's nothing like that. It was my it's, house. It's not your. It's not really your house. I live here. Yeah. I am one of the two occupants of one, the house. One of the squatters. I am one of the squatters. I am one of two occupants of the house. Uh, if I choose not to wear socks when I'm in the comfort of my own home, that's my own goddamn business. <sighs> I don't want no snot-nosed little kid giving me the eyeball because he doesn't agree with my barefoot policy. Yeah. And I certainly don't want no J Jared Duncans <laughs> judging me. Well, you got one. You got one. Well, what it, whatever. Leave, whatever, that, leave that ghost alone. Whatever. How was your Halloween? Quit struggling. How's the new house? Okay, well, uh, we'll, we'll get into that more uh, next week on the 
uh, Criterion Creeps podcast proper. But sure. uh, yeah, this was the first Halloween in the house uh, that I call my own. The mm-hmm. last eight years in the rental, uh, it was a basement suite on the back of a house uh, was the main entrance. So we didn't get kids at all. Yep. And we didn't really advertise that we were there. So yeah. yeah, for eight long years, I did not have any interaction with any kids or Halloweening. So that was always like, That was well, court ordered, though. Yeah, well, we don't go into that. Um, sure. So I didn't get to see any kids. But this year, uh, the gloves came off. Uh, we got to turn on the lights, put up a, like a small number of Halloween decorations that uh, Chanel has this really nice retro uh, skeleton that we put up in the window. And nice. and then our currently, uh, we discovered upon moving in that our doorbell doesn't work. So Chanel bought a Halloween doorbell that when you push it, a spooky eye opens up and it goes, uh, but of course she hung it up too high for you know children so not very many like kids except for like mm-hmm. those like eight or nine year olds could really get it uh two enterprising young boys are like what's that and i'm like i don't know you should press the button and then they pressed it and they went Mwah. and they just kind of looked at it like mm. oh <laughs> and, yeah kids are kids are shitty no they're a little i think they're savvy enough to be like Oh, that's shit. And it's like, no, it's, it's yeah, that's why it's cool cuz it's shitty. Mm-hmm. Like like that's like one of the charming things about Halloween. Is it's like there's a there's a camp shitness that you yeah, kitschy. But kitschy. uh yeah, only had mere 16 children. Uh part of Jump that change. well, part of the problem is that I think a lot of people on the street that we've moved on to, they themselves take their kids out for Halloweening. So there's a lot of lights turned off. Mm-hmm. And so when people take a look down the street to see if it's, is it worth it to go down a street mm-hmm. that just kind of ends at the cemetery. And <gasps> uh they go, "Nah, there's only three lights. There's only like three things. There's not it's not worth the footwork." So they just don't bother. I wonder why those people didn't hit up their neighborhood first before leaving. I think is that like a mostly, shit where you eat type that, deal? That, that's mostly who we had were the people who were like on their way out oh, of the neighborhood. So we got, I, I got to meet some of my neighbors. They're all very nice and normal, which is weird in mm-hmm. itself. Um, that's weird. Yeah. Hey, did you have any kids try to scare you? It happened to me twice where I'd open the door and there'd be one kid and then I'd another kid hiding around the door would pop out and yell and uh, it happened twice and i almost socked the little fucker because it's like don't be pulling that shit you don't know what guy what kind of nra guy is hiding on the other side of this door that might take you out did you did that happen to you no i I didn't have a the the same pool of uh kids i guess as you did Mm. a little bit more rambunctious my kids some of them couldn't even muster trick or treat they just come to the door and like stand there and then i'd be like i think there's someone at the door and then i'd open it up and they're just standing there and i go hi and they just say hello and i'm like i can guess what you're here for for this right candy and they go yep and i'm like okay and then one of the kids like grabbed the candy before i could put it into their little bucket to inspect it i don't know what they're looking mm-hmm. for to see if it's like i don't know needles poison uh my rotten apples and razor blades no. mm-hmm. just good old-fashioned mars bar in mini form. Hey, speaking mm. of which, I don't know if you've ever uh, checked out those, like the Maynard's brand, uh, like sure. candies, those, the, yeah. the, the Halloween treat size. Those things are pieces of shit. You got like, f- you talking Swedish fish type yeah. deals? You got like five pieces of candy in the little bag. That's it. Jarrett, there is a global epidemic on diabetes. Do you want there to be a problem with today's youth? You know what? I bet they could probably get less sugar in the serving that they get on Halloween than they do the rest of the year. It's, it's, that it's, might be true. It's baffling. It's baffling to me. 
Yeah, uh, I've had uh, I've had some ups and downs with the candy that I hand out. Things that I like, things that I don't like, um, things that work well, and things that kids don't like. But uh, you know what? Yeah. Just take the candy and be it. happy. You know what? I'm kind of bummed out about. Uh, I had a friend, um, friend of the show, Ryan Nagel. His grandma always used to make us popcorn balls, Ooh. and like we always went out of our way to go to her house sure. because sure. we would get those. Dope ass popcorn balls. Yeah, those are, I and don't imagine. Mm. You can't do that anymore. No. And it really bums me out. Sealed only. You can only do sealed stuff, which is kind of, like, I get Fuck. it, but it's also kind of horse shit because there's yeah. sweet old ladies who want to make dope bomb ass treats for little kids. Yeah. And the, the man is telling them that they can't. And that sucks. I think you were mentioning to me, I think also there was like, if we were asking kids if they had any peanut allergies. <laughs> And, oh yeah, and, and everyone got weirded out, and like I was the bad where, guy. Where the parents like, "What did that guy say to you?" <laughs> yeah, well, I was asking the kids because I had two bowls. I had the nut bowl and I had the no nut bowl, and I was just trying to be nice and be like, "Hey, any nut allergies?" And uh, the kids were always like, "No." And then, uh, yeah, like two, three times, I could hear parents at the sidewalk being like, "What did he say? What is he talking about?" Like they were like got all freaked out. I was like, "Man, I'm just." I'm just asking if there's any allergies. Like, I thought that's what you were supposed to do. Yeah. No. I, I guess I, not. I, I just assume, I guess, if you've got peanut allergies, you're probably uh, not going to participate too much in that uh, Halloween. Or if you do, you just take whatever they give you, and then your parent goes through and uh, picks out the, 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 the death candy, and uh, mm-hmm. they, they eat it themselves. Or they I'm sh- threaten I'm sure to kill I w- their kids with it. I'm sure. I was just trying to be nice, because like, if there was a kid with a peanut allergy, I would have been like, well, no problem, bud. Yeah. I got a big bowl of Tootsie Rolls right here. I'll yeah. give you a Tootsie Pop. Yeah. Because that's a pretty sweet but where, treat. But where's that been? And that could be resealed. That could be re-rolled. And you've been rolling around in flour because mm-hmm. you want to, or in peanuts and flour, and you'll be killing all those kids with all these diagnoses. Um, I didn't, but. <laughs> or didn't I? <laughs> Or didn't I? Uh, yeah. Anyways. No, I, yeah, I like Halloween. It's uh, it's fun stuff, Jer. It's dope, and it's done. It's over with, and uh, there's never, there's no worthwhile holiday between now and uh, and next Halloween. So. Next, next Halloween. Yeah, yeah I know. So let's, it's uh, all let's shit. Let's let it wash over us this last time mm. here, and like mm. drink it in, and let's talk about some fucking horror movies that we watched the last few weeks since our last installment of Ghoul School. Mm-hmm. RJ, um, maybe you'll want to kick us off. What, what, where, where do you want to begin with your uh, your viewing history? Jarrett, the only place I can begin is the farthest back that I could even imagine. It is almost an, a full month ago <laughs> that I watched this movie, and I can only I have to start with it because I it's it's fading from my memory. So many of these movies are just lost to me already. Because I was jamming pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, my official count was 62, which I think is pretty good. That's a two a night average. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. So I'll I, I'm gonna I'll bounce around, but I'll hit you mostly in chronological chronological order. Uh, as I, I I'm forgetting stuff. So I watched a Jarrett pick. I watched this movie called Nightmare Beach. Oh, is that a Jarrett pick? No, uh, you watched it last year, and I yeah. think you you rated it above a two and a half. So I was like, oh, I'll check that out. 
Yeah, um, that's that's how that's uh, October sometimes. Actually, I think what it was was uh, Nightmare Beach has a wicked poster. It does, and uh, I think you gave it like a three or something like that. And I was like, that's decent enough. The poster's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I'll check it out. Uh, so Nightmare Beach is a late '80s movie, uh, all about spring break, baby. Woo! Uh, you have a bunch of hot and horny teens, like eighteen, nineteen. Uh, just for legal reasons. Uh, you have college co-eds and uh, frat boys, sorority girls. Uh, they're all down at uh, Daytona Beach, I think. Somewhere in Florida. Something like that. Uh, for spring break, uh, you have a medley of uh, characters. You have the sports guys. You have the dirty girls. You have the people who live there and hate the spring breakers. You have the Jarrett's of the world, the hotel managers who uh, have mustaches and drill holes into rooms to peep on the um, the entertainment, the entertainment, Jarrett. Yeah, yeah the, the, the party favors. So uh, that's the back background of this movie. And then what's really going on is you have a biker like Hells Angels type gang against a police uh, syndicate and uh, the police execute the leader of the biker gang. <laughs> and then the leader comes back yeah, zombie style. Yeah, I just I just remember I'm like, oh, yeah, he's riding around on the bike and he's like electrocute people on the seat. So he's yeah, like, so- which requires a lot of like uh <laughs> God, someone to sit on the chair for me to kill them. It happens twice. I know. Pretty naturally. Yeah. yeah so the, the leader was electrocuted. So now he's on this death bike that it also electrocutes people, which is pretty neat. Uh, so he's driving around killing people. And uh, that's the borderline uh, thing about this movie. There's other stuff going on. But uh, this movie's got some pretty uh, classic lines, like real frat boy lines, which I have heard in real life at real bars from real people mine's like you'd be a lot prettier if you smiled more and it's like uh hey baby why aren't you smiling those types of things that uh, i know you're pretty big on uh, guys who say stuff like that mm-hmm. there was also also a killer line in this where a guy said you want to rub short hairs Ooh. Uh, which i've never heard before and i thought that was killer uh so this movie actually was really good not really good. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot until there was a dog that got for real maced in this movie. And I was like, oh, man, what a bummer. I was like, this movie almost had it all until they maced a dog, a poor, poor dog. So fuck them. That's what I say. <laughs> you ever uh, seen Skeleton Key? I have never seen Skeleton Key, RJ. I actually, I was going to say Nightmare Beach because I was going to see if you wanted anything to say, but I got ahead of myself. Yeah. Uh, Nightmare Beach, yeah, it's fine. It's an Italian guy. One of those Lindsay's or... Gino Popolicchio. There you go. Good guy. Gino Popolicchio. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You want to hear about the Skeleton Key? Yeah, please. Okay, so... Uh, early 2000s skeleton key about uh, hoodoo, voodoo, witchcraft in the bayou. Uh, we we're going Cajun style, oh, Jared. Oh no, South, like a Southern Gothic. Southern Gothic, Cajun style. They got Peter Sarsgaard, the epitome of a Southern man. Okay, is it he, is it Cajun? Is it Cajun? Uh, so you got him. You got Kate Hudson in the lead role. She's looking good. Uh, I didn't realize Kate Hudson's wicked old uh, because she is uh, she's a very she's aged very gracefully. She looks good. 
disgusting. Uh, I just, I'm just trying to compliment the girl. She would be a lot prettier if she smiled more, Jared. Yeah, there you go. You ever want to rub short hairs with an actress? You mean? Okay, continue. Okay, anyways, yeah, yeah. Kate Hudson's in this. Uh, she's really good in this. Uh, also, my boy John Hurt is in this movie, uh, in a role where he has no dialogue and he is basically a vegetable potato for the whole movie. I was like, man, they could have got anyone for this, but John Hurt stepped up to the plate. He did it, and he did it well. So the skeleton key is about a hospice worker, uh, Kate Hudson, and she takes on a job in an old uh, Bayou Swamp House uh, by Gina Rollins. I think she was in The Notebook or something like that. That old lady. Oh, she's a Cassavetes star. She was in Woman Under the Influence, Love Streams, Faces. God dang, Cassavetes veteran actress. So she is the matriarch, and her husband, John Hurt, uh, had a stroke, and he needs hospice care. So Kate Hudson comes into the house. She's taking care of old John Hurt. Uh, she doesn't believe in the hoodoo voodoo. Uh, I've never really been certain on what the what the difference is. I know there's something about regions or religions or something, like what hoodoo and voodoo are. doesn't matter. Um, so... What was I going to say? Uh, yeah, so she moves in the house, and then uh, spooky stuff starts happening, Jared. Real spooky Cajun stuff. Uh, I actually think The Skeleton Key is a pretty good movie. Hmm. Um, I remember I saw it in theaters, uh, so I would have been 15, uh, and I thought it was pretty spooky. I wasn't, like, real scared or nothing like that, but I was like, oh, shit, that was a pretty good show. Um, so I had, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember... I watched it in theaters and then I had it on DVD uh, and I watched it a couple times like throughout the year. So I was like, yeah, I like that skeleton key and watching it this year. I was like, yeah, I still like this skeleton key. I think it's actually pretty good. I think the stuff that uh, the themes they try to go for and like the the atmosphere, the vibes, I think they uh, they get pretty well. This movie is really sweaty and damp, dank. And I was like, yeah, I like that. Um, I like like the setting with all the, the Cajun stuff. But I don't know. It's a, it's pretty good. I think near closer in, like maybe halfway through, you you could probably be like, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. But I think even even if it's predictable in some ways, you're you're like, yeah, I still still like this thing. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I like the skeleton key. I think it's worth watching. I think you should watch it next year. Yeah, this movie has kind of always been on my radar, but I'm always uh, suspicious of these. 2000s like kind of mainstreamy horror movies made by a studio um is i've seen it pop up on those types of like deep cut bloody disgusting lists where it's like 10 films from the 2000s that are better than you thought and mm-hmm. then it's got like pathology and uh mm-hmm. i don't know uh the others or something like that on there and it's always like yeah i don't know those aren't that then i see skeleton key i'm like oh i don't know I've never heard anyone talk about this movie mm-hmm. like in glowing terms. It's kind of like it's okay. It's not a bad movie, but I so, like it. Yeah, it's always just been uh, around in my mind. So mm-hmm. maybe one of these years I'll get around to it. But you know what, RJ? I just topped mm-hmm. up my uh, my pool of thirty one days of horror movies that I'm going to watch someday, and mm-hmm. uh, it's now up. It has swollen up to two hundred and eighty nine movies. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I don't know how many more I can put in there and justify. Watch, just watch it next year. Maybe. Get it. I, I didn't even watch The Wolfman. God damn it, Jared. Just figure out your life. Call me when you watch The Skeleton Key. I think it's pretty good. Okay. Hey, uh, you know uh, 2000, 
2000s movie horror movies that are better than you think? What? You ever seen The Others? Uh, yeah, I have. I saw that in uh, theater. By Alejandro Amenidaba. Uh-huh. Uh, Andrea had never seen this. And she was kind of on this kick. I've mentioned before, like, 90s, early 2000 movies. And uh, I was like, oh, let's watch The Others. I think that movie's pretty good. Uh, I still think that movie's pretty good. I like The Others, man. I think they do a good job with that show. Uh, I think it is... I just like the setup with the house and all like the rules and things. I think they kind of they detail that really nicely. Her walking around, opening doors, shutting doors, opening doors. You know that old that old rub, Jared. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the ending is pretty cool. Uh, Andrew is kind of surprised. She kind of saw it coming, but I don't know. Uh, it seems like you're pretty warm on the others, but I think the others is a good show. Uh, so I saw this in theater with a mm-hmm. friend of mine who is not into horror movies at all way back sure. when. Um, and I vaguely remember the twist of the others. Yeah, I know. I know what it is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's like, I think I have it on DVD too. I just have never gone back to rewatch it. It's kind of like, um, I group it in like these, always like these haunted house kind of stories that have twists and stuff like that. Um, I generally just don't go back and watch them. Like even there's um, the one, and I don't think it's really like the others exactly, but um, the orphanage. Do you remember that? I've thing? never seen it, oh, but okay. I know what you mean. So it's like kind of one of those movies too. Which like I remember liking it, but I'm like, I don't know if I'm ever going to rewatch it. But I don't know. Well, I think it's. These, I think it's these, actually these movies good. that begin with O's. I just don't know. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, anyways, I think it's good. I think it's worth watching. Uh, I can't really talk about it. I'm kind of forgetting, but, uh, I'll finish up with one last two thousands movies with the, uh, the conjuring. Oh. Uh, I, w- I watched the conjuring again with Andrea. Yeah. Uh, I think it's okay. This movie, it's got some stuff in there that you're like, kind of, you're like, eh, that's junky. But, uh, I think some of the things in this movie hold up, uh, not bad. I think it's not the uh, slam dunk that everyone else says it is, but I don't know. Yeah, don't, that's this... all I'm going to talk about for the uh, or for the Conjuring. Yeah. Uh, they killed the dog in that movie, which I thought was uh, dumb. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I keep track of these things, man. I, I'm People want to know. I, I've heard. <laughs> People want to know. So, anyways, the Conjuring's fine. I know you weren't a fan of that show. No, I thought it was pretty lame. Pretty, uh, pretty stock. Uh, safe horror you know what I was going to say I do appreciate that uh, they had an entire sequence and plot point about farts and how ghosts smell like farts and uh, whenever the ghost is around they're like oh stop farting because it like stinks real bad Uh, I think that's hilarious and I want that in more ghost movies Hmm. well write write your congressman (laughs) I I will vote on on Tuesday and uh, I'll uh, write to JT himself and I'll say, listen, bring more farts to entertainment yeah. get, or else what are you doing up there? Get flagged. Mm-hmm. No. Anyways, uh, did you watch any movies or are we uh, not? Yeah, yeah, no, I watched them. I watched a fucking bunch of movies. Well, they am on. What am I going to watch? Okay, I'm going to try to talk about them in groupings because I'm like that. So I'm going to do my, my slasher suite. Mm-hmm. So what did I watch here? I watched a number called Sweet 16. RJ, this is a movie uh, about a young woman. She's on the cusp of turning 16 years old. Uh, She's growing up fast. And uh, 
And she's uh she's hungry for it, RJ. She likes that attention she's getting mm-hmm. from men. She's venturing down to the bars on her own. Uh she's of course played by an actress that's twenty five. But like so, but there's like these scenes where it's like, oh, she gets like you find it, oh she's fifteen and it's her sixteenth birthday like in a week. And then but there's like like some real Brian De Palma perv out shots where it's like, Hey, here's mm-hmm. her in the shower. It's just like Carrie, but it's like, no, that's like at least like buffered by the fact that it's a bunch of like girls all showering and like one of them is Sissy Spacek and it'll, it builds to something. Um, but it's like, no, she's just like, Oh, do, do, do. I'm showering by myself at home and uh Oh, time to pull my panties over my crotch. And, uh, you're just like, Whoa, is this is weird. Um, this movie is like, it's otherwise it's like your typical kind of slasher fare, um, Mm -hmm. but saved by, uh, I watched a copy. I think I pulled off a YouTube and it's like very VHS, VHS ish. So it's kind of soft out of focus throughout. Um, it's shot kind of, it's, was it Texas? It was filmed in. Um, but it's like kind of a part of Texas that's very reminiscent of Creepsville. Kind of like river. What do, you, what do you mean? River bottom, kind of coolie looking stuff, uh, plainsy. Uh, there's lots of uh, casual racism toward indigenous hmm. men and bar fights with hillbillies and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I, I got that. I can I can believe this is happening in my own backyard. And then mm-hmm. there's a maniac killing people. Um, very Creepsville. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, it's been a while since I watched it. You, you follow the exploits of the sheriff who hasn't seen anything like this. He's got the Encyclopedia Brown esque daughter who's like uh, like a penny from uh, Inspector Gadget. She's just super helpful, mm-hmm. but also she's very like uh, soft and like like harsh reality freaks her out. But she wants to solve things just like in her novels. Um, oh, and yeah, so it's just care. like, uh, it's just a bunch of like, oh, this girl keeps meeting dudes and then she's like all horned up. And then when those dudes come along to, uh, you know, punch their card, uh, they get killed and, uh, it's like, who's doing this? And well, why did they punch a car? The card. <laughs> why did they punch a card? Um, well, they didn't, they, they, they always fall short. They never get there. RJ. They never get a pound. Oh. They never get a pound that puss. Is what I'm saying. Oh, Jer. <laughs> uh, what? Next up, girls' mm. night out. Uh, that's N- uh, you're that's, you're way creepier than I am. <laughs> that's N I T E. Well, you you have your barefoot thing. I've got my way of talking about movies to make you go, oh, Jared. <laughs> well, it's not. It's not even for my benefit. You're just a creepy dude <laughs> watching weird old porn movies. Uh, pervert sound like such a grandma it's a girl's night out aka i think the scare maker um so this movie is uh it's set on a college campus and it's about jocks and sluts uh getting down and getting killed left and right the killer in this particular story is mm-hmm. a individual dressing in a bear mascot costume that they've modified to, with hunting knives for fingers. That's and, cool. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, so this movie, the first half hour is like really awesome. Like it's got that dank 80s vibe that you want. Uh, mm-hmm. Like meets. like ca- casual homophobia and sexism where it's like there's a scene where it's like they're, uh, some of the cheerleaders are doing their thing and then like the one, the, the bear mascot uh, before the the killer gets into the costume. He like comes up behind one of them, and just starts like pumping away, and it's like ha 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 ha. It's like yeah, that's not sexy assault at all. 
Um, that's did you say the things that you want in the movie? The things that you want in a movie of these of this ilk. You want that '80s flavor, that like weird like, oh, this is from a different era because they sure as shit wouldn't do that now. Or if they did, it would be very um, gross. Uh, very judgmental of this rather than being like, mm. wow, this is an era where people are like, <laughs> boys and girls will be boys and girls. <laughs> anyway, so there's not, I don't know, this movie's on that fine line, just like six, 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 sweet 16. Um, excuse me. Well, hey, you know, I think, you know, I, I'm doing podcasting because I'm excellent at elocution. So uh, I guess Jared, people keep up, pay us. Thousands of dollars a week to provide quality content, and you're doing this. This is on that Patreon I've been hearing all about. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Continue. Anyway, so it's on the fine line of like not a recommend and a recommend. Uh, but when you're digging down deep into these slashers, you got to take what you can. Um, I attempted to watch Student Bodies, the slasher comedy in the style of the Zucker Brothers. Uh, and I turned it off. What's a Zucker brother? Oh, like airplane, Kentucky Fried movie, that type of thing. Did okay? I got a question for you. Yeah. Did you ever watch the um, the Canadian '90s TV show called Student Bodies? Nope. That show was so good that I don't even know how to talk anymore. Okay. I think everyone should check out Student Bodies from the 90s. It was on YTV. Check it out. I guarantee you it was better than whatever horse shit Jared's talking about over here. Oh, it was horse shit. I, I, I had to stop watching. It was such a waste of my life. Uh, so uh, is it just like bad goof comedy that doesn't yeah. work? Oh, yeah. yeah. It, just endless bad jokes. Like the la- gotcha. lazy hack shit where it's like it opens up and it's like a shot of a house and it's like Halloween. And then it fades to black and it fades back to the same shot of the house and it says Friday the 13th. And then it fades mm-hmm. to black and it comes back to the exact same shot on Elm Street. <laughs> and then it fades out to black and it keeps like doing that. And you're like, okay. And then the killer is like stalking up the stairs and he steps on some gum and he has to get this gum off his boot. Oh, it's just mm. br- brutal. Like I, I fucking hated it. Uh, I see some people love it though. If this is your, uh, if your, your style of comedy, but it's like, this sucks. Uh, I, I knew it was kind of like uh, a satire, whatever, a, a slasher comedy, but boy, oh boy, it sucks in the worst way, like brutal. So then mm. I fought, so instead I watched um, Slaughter High, um, which is that it, good? Nah, no, mm. no, it's weird. Like it's got the worst type of ending of all time. What do you uh, mean? Spoilers. Uh, it's like all it's in, all inside his head. And it's like so everything's oh, it's all, like identity style. Uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's all in the fat guy's head, but there's no fat mm. guy. It's the victim, and this movie's about like uh, it's one of those weird things where you have like the the nerd kid. So the, the plot of this movie is it opens up with nerd kid being just fucking harassed the shit out of by like jocks, like in like the pretty girl who's like fuck, what's her name? Carol Monroe. She's like thirty five in this movie. And what it opens, is she playing? So like she's 14? A, like a whatever, 17 year old to open okay. up. Cause the movie opens up like in the past and like, they're like, just like fucking just terrorizing this kid. Like they suck bad. And then like kid gets like more like 
pranked even harder, resulting in being like full body burns and like taken away to the hospital. And then like the movie jumps 25 years in the future. And which is why Carol Monroe was a like 35 year old, 17 year old. And mm-hmm. now, she, now she's a successful actress. And this woman, like I've seen her in stuff that she didn't stand out as being bad. Like she's in uh, Maniac. Uh, she's like kind of the final woman in that. And she was fine in there, I think. But in this, she sucks. And uh, it's like the whole movie is like it's like the f- high school reunion, and they've all been invited back. All the people who were responsible, and they're all being picked off one by one by uh, someone wearing like a jester's mask because that was like the school mascot thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just like. I don't know. There's like a couple of like ambitious uh, tracking shots, I suppose, but the the deaths are ambitious. Like, you say? Yeah, I mean, for like this like cheap little movie and like Steadicam stuff for like 1986, 88. That's like expensive stuff. So there's a couple of nice shots, uh, but it's just repetitive. It doesn't really go anywhere. A couple of the deaths are like fine, but. Yeah, and then it gets to the bullshit of like, oh, it was all inside of his head, and none of it really happened. <laughs> it's just like, fuck off. We're the worst. I hate it. I hate it, RJ. You know what I think, Jared? I don't care. I think you should watch movies that I I recommend yeah. for a while. Yeah, like Skeleton Key. Uh yeah. I think you would have had a way better time with Skeleton Key. I might have. Might have. You fuck. You fuck. Uh, and then I watched uh, a, a low key little movie that Vinegar Syndrome put out called Star mm-hmm. Time. So this came out like ninety three. Uh, this movie more closely resembles like an art house horror. Um, it's about this got young man who's got like some mental issues going on. He's seeing a psychiatrist, mm. like or like, I guess like a social worker, um, and he's kind of losing his mind. He's seeing this guy who does a like one of those like Christian public access shows who's very inspiring he starts Mm -hmm. seeing him in different places and this guy keeps telling him to do different stuff um and there's like i can't remember if it's like the star time killer or something like that he starts killing people but it's this kid being kind of told what to do and he wears this like crazy baby mask and he's just uh how crazy Eh, it's pretty it's like uh, i guess like uh that happy death day also has a baby face killer (sighs) Um, so, but this one's like pretty good. Like it, cause like it has no bottom, uh, jaw. So it's like his mouth open. It's off. Like it's like, it's, it's really, mm. it's like a really neat mask. It's like, it's too bad that this movie's like completely obscure and no one's really seen it. Uh, cause it should have a bit more of a reputation. It's well made. Mm. Um, it's cheap. Like it's like very low budget, but, uh, it's actually, it's still well made. Um, the gore's sure. decent. The story, the story has a different vibe to it. It has kind of like a... A, criti- a critique, I guess, of media and stuff like that. And there's like mm-hmm. some, there's like some shots and stuff like that in this movie and like sequences that are like, man, if you just like isolated that and took it into like an art gallery as an art installation, it would be amazing. Like I'd be like fucking like. Do you I, really think so though? I, I do. If I went into an art gallery and saw like some of the stuff that was in this movie in there, I'd be like excited for once to be in an art gallery instead of mm. being like endlessly depressed and be like, oh. Endlessly depressed. Oh man, art world, man. Tell me about art. No. <laughs> okay. Watch Star Time. It's better than most things you'll see. Actually, everything you'll see in an art gallery. Hmm. Yeah. That's a. Uh... Okay. Yeah, it's 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 totally it's a weird movie. Like it's 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 hard. It's a hard sell because it has like it's very similar to Maniac because it's like you're following this one guy in his like voyage into madness. 
Mm-hmm. He's not quite likable. Um, there's no star power in it. Um, it's like set in Los Angeles. It's just like weird little thing, but like it's totally worth watching. Like it's just, I'm glad I got to watch it. And, I'm, and Vinegar Syndrome did a good job putting this on Blu-ray in a fancy edition. So yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. a lot of times they're kind of middling and kind of misses, but this was actually one of the better offerings of theirs I've come across of late. Um, but that's huh. my suite of slashers. I'll throw it back to you, sir. Hey, Jared, do you like Jeff Lieberman? I love his Just Before Dawn. I think that is like an all-time awesome uh, killer in the woods slasher. What about Blue Sunshine? Ah, uh, I want to watch it again. It's like a neat kind of. It's kind of. Um, I don't know if you haven't. Do you know anything nope. about that movie? Nope. It, it's kind of what Beyond the Black Rainbow wants to be, without mm. the pre, without the pretense. What about Squirm? Squirm, I've never been super in love with. I like the idea of Squirm, I think, more than the movie itself. What about Remote Control? I have not seen Remote Control. Well, let me tell you about Remote Control then, okay, Jared? Please do. Remote Control from 1988 by Jeff Lieberman, the man who brought you those movies, brings us a ode to 50 sci-fi. Oh. With only, with the man known for his 80s remakes of 50 sci-fi, Mike the Blob, I'm talking about Kevin Dillon. You know him. He's the less good-looking Dillon brother. Uh, <laughs> so I watched this movie called Remote Control, and Kevin Dillon plays a guy named Cosmo. Uh, this thing's like <laughs> a riff. Yeah, pretty close. Uh, this is like a riff on 50 sci-fi. So I'll talk about this movie, and you're going to be like, that sounds awesome. And yeah, it does. Uh, but it isn't. So this movie, Jared, uh, takes place in the 80s. And there is a VHS going around, Ringu style. Uh, and you're watching this movie. And the movie is a 50 sci-fi uh, where people are living in the future. And as you're watching this, uh, they themselves are watching a movie from years before their version of a fifties movies. And this guy's like, Oh wow, this movie's crazy. But while that movie plays in the movie that they're watching in the movie, uh, it hypnos it like hypnotizes the ladies and the ladies like go and kill the men and like real grisly stuff. And you're like, Ooh shit. And, uh, so the guy in our real life eighties, who's watching this 50 sci-fi movie is like, Oh shit, baby, you got to come watch this. This, uh, this guy's getting killed real good. But what he doesn't know is that his lady is being hypnotized at the same time while watching this movie from the 50s about hypnotism and all that stuff. Uh, and so what happens is that lady will kill the guy watching this movie. And the idea with this is this movie. So remote control, it centers around a uh, like a blockbuster video type place, but more of a like a home own homegrown one. And you have some nerdy a, dude, a mom and pop, a mom and pop shop. So you have some nerdy dude and he's the owner. And then you have Kevin Dillon and he's a really sweaty teenager who works there and wears like tank tops and stuff. And, uh, they get this new movie in called remote control and everyone wants it. Everyone's asking for it and it's a big sell and they're like selling it to everyone. And what they what they discover is that all the people who are renting this movie uh, are getting brainwashed and like start killing people. 
and then what you find later is it's this huge like business conglomerate that is like brainwashing people because Jared, they are in fact being bought by the real life aliens who are distributing this movie worldwide to brainwash humanity and wipe them out. So it's like infinite jest plus they live. Sure. Sure. Uh, this movie sounds awesome. Uh, this is exactly the kind of thing I would want. Uh, I, I dig 50s sci-fi. I went on that tear last year. Uh, I like the 80s movies. Um, this should have been the best of both of those things. And it's not. It's honestly just a really boring fucking movie. Uh, not a lot happens. The whole time you're watching this, you're kind of just like, man, I wish something would happen. And uh, it never does. And I don't know. It was a real bummer because I was really looking forward to it. And because it's like, it's just all these things that I love and it just really shit the bed for me. It's not bad. It's got some decent parts. Uh, one thing that's really uh, like neat, I guess, is everyone, their like wardrobes, everything they wear is super futuristic 80s. So the ladies are wearing like, metallic suit coats that have huge shoulder pads and uh that's kind of fun to watch i like that so there's some good stuff in this movie but uh on the whole i was just like this movie's fucking boring you Uh, know i don't because i've never seen it well i won't recommend you watching it jared okay how's that sound that's too bad uh yeah this movie's i've seen this movie pop up every once in a while when people are kind of going through that Jeff Lieberman filmography and uh, mm-hmm. I've seen it's on sale for by him on his website mm-hmm. to buy this but I've always just looked at it and went mm, 26 bucks blind buy I don't know about this Jeff Lieberman because mm-hmm. outside mm-hmm. of that just before dawn it's not the it's not it's diminishing returns with him yeah uh, yeah it was a total bummer I also think I talked about it before so I won't talk about it now but I think that's why I liked video violence so much is because after remote control and I got real bummed out, I watched violence and I was like there. So, Hey Jared, I'm going to ask you a question. I got two movies I want to talk about. Which one do you want to hear about first? One of the worst movies I watched all month or one of the best movies I watched all month. Worst. All right. Okay. What are you doing over there? Plug your mic, plug your microphone back in. I just plug it. Yeah. Okay. So you want to hear about one of the worst movies I watched all month? Yeah. Jared, have you ever heard of Michael Haneke? Uh, yeah. Uh, he's a much celebrated uh, world cinema director. Should, should I talk about this on here, or should I save it for uh, the normal pod? You, I mean, one day this might actually be part of the Criterion Collection. There's actually a very good chance it will be. So what should I do? Guide me. I don't know. You do what you, do what you feel like. Fuck. I'm going to save it. Okay. I'm gonna tease it. I'm gonna tease it because I don't think I'm gonna have anything to talk about this this week on the normal pod. So well, I'm gonna talk about Funny Game. Here's a little teaser. Funny Games is one of the worst movies I've ever seen, and I'll tell you about it in a couple days. Cool. <laughs> How's that sound? You want to hear about a really awesome movie I watched? Sure. Called Dark Waters. Uh-huh. This is a real Jarrett pick. Yep. Uh, this is from Mariano Biano. Yep. Uh, who? Uh, upon further review, has, hasn't really made anything else. No. Uh, which is a super bummer. So you recommended this movie to me uh, because I was real hot on Dagon. I was like, oh yeah, Dagon's awesome. And you're like, if you like Dagon, 
you got to check out Dark Waters because that's some real shit right there. And I was like, all right, I'll check out this Dark Waters. Uh, so Dark Waters follows a pretty similar uh, plot lines. Like, it par- there are parallels. Uh, so you have this lady who goes to... She gets, like, boated out to this little island community that's a, a monastery uh, full of nuns. Uh, and she's she's there because she's, like, looking for someone. And she's like, I have all this connection to this place. And there, it's like this outcast island where all these people like keep to themselves. And she goes there, and while she's there, she discovers all these things going on, Jared. All these things. I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what to say. I don't want to like give away too much. Well, okay. So there's you, like there's kind of like a murder mystery going on because yeah. and there's like what are these nuns doing on this island? <laughs> and it, and it just plays out like it's a slow burn, but it's like so, a, but it's a good slow burn. Well, I guess uh, the best way to put it is like the opening scene. So this isn't a spoiler, but like the opening scene, you have uh, a, another young lady at the monastery and she's trying to escape. And what happens is she gets dragged under the monastery into this like system of caves and water flowing everywhere. And uh, you get this like really beautiful shot of all these nuns like self-flagellating like they're just whipping themselves in the back you have these other nuns in like pentagram uh things on the floor with their bodies and they're speaking in tongues you have all this like weird satanic cultist shit going on and then there's this girl and she's like trying to escape and she just gets fucking murked dog she gets sacrificed uh and her blood is everywhere and then some some real spooky shit happens. And then it kind of cuts to the intro. It's like dark waters. And then you then you join this other young lady coming to the island trying to find out what happened to this lady we just saw die. So that's what Dark Waters is about. This movie looks amazing. It's amazing, Jarrett. I wanted to get screenshots for this thing, but uh, you have the Blu-ray and uh, I can't. I just watch it on my TV and it wouldn't look as good as I, if I took pictures off my TV, but this thing has so many amazing shots of like burning crosses being carried, like either indoors, outdoors, underwater. You have all this like religious imagery, which I I love because it's so pretty, just looks great, but it's like dark and sacrilegious and twisted. It's awesome. This movie looks amazing. Yeah. And then how about that ending? The whole final stuff, sequence uh, stuff of this movie, so yeah, good. The ending is really good. Uh, I think they really nail it. Um, Dark Waters is a really good show, man. Uh, it looks great. The story is cool. It actually has an ending. Uh, and it's got some really, like, it's got the gothic horror stuff, yeah, sure. Uh, but it also has some pretty cool, like, Lovecraftian-type horror things. And, like, that. I think that's why you recommended, yeah. recommended it, obviously. But uh, it really nails it. Like, way better than Dagon, even. Well, that's the thing with Dagon, right, is uh, that movie should be better than it is. But it's, like, there's a lot of really good filmmaking in that movie. Like, I think, like, when Mm -hmm. there's, like, the stuff that sticks out to me when I think back to Dagon is, like, him going through the village. 
like mm-hmm. when, and it's like it's so well shot and like it's mysterious and kind of like oh god there's people yeah. lurking around looking at windows like it's really well laid out but then there's like the shitty cgi that's just like <laughs> so bad and like the opening stuff of them being out on a boat and like oh my boat's flooding and stuff like that it's, it's my like, boat my boat and there's like there, yeah there's like kind of like it's so far from perfect and it's just like but it's the closest mm-hmm. you'll get and then dark waters is just like it's it's very different because it's not like uh a straight up lovecraft adaptation at all but it's got all right. those like elements of uh insmith and sort of like groups and stuff like that mm-hmm. pretty yeah. good yeah good i'm glad stuff, yeah man. and like i didn't know about this movie until last year when it came out on blu-ray and then when i watched it last year i was like yeah i, I want more like this please mm-hmm I agree with you. I want more like this, please. Also, uh, so k- keeping with the uh, aquatic horror, I know you're big on. Uh, I then watched a movie called Island of the Fishmen. Well, it doesn't get much more uh, aquatic than that. <laughs> it does not. Uh, so this movie actually has a few few titles. Uh, it's on um, Amazon Prime, and that's where I watched it. But on Amazon Prime, it's called something. It's called something else. Uh, I could have had this queued up. No. Oh, it's called Screamers for some reason. Oh, of course. I don't know why. Uh, this is by Sergio Martino. Uh, the man who brought you your vice is a locked room and only I have the key. And uh, one of our favorite movies, 2019, After the Fall of New York, uh-huh. which I, I think uh, many people will come across in the future years as we are approaching 2019. Uh, I don't. Oh, okay, yeah. So there's a weird thing about like Screamers and Island of the Fishmen. Uh, I think the only difference is one of them has like 10 minutes more footage or something. Some horse shit like that. Like, anyways. So I watched this Fishman movie uh, and it has some really cool stuff. Uh, So it starts out and it's like Victorian era and there's these treasure hunters and they're looking on this island. For treasure as they do and they're in like these caves and they're looking around and then these guys get fucking obliterated uh like this movie actually has some pretty cool special effects of like whole human heads blowing up or getting spiked and stuff like that Ooh. and i was like yeah i was like that's what i'm here for um so this movie starts off real good starts off with a hard bang uh and then the rest of the movie is a total snore um (laughs) it jumps ahead to like current day and uh this is actually a prison movie jared i know you're really into prison movies uh so uh it then it jumps ahead like to 1960s or something and you're on a prison ship and the prison ship crashes on the island uh, and then the only survivors are like uh, a doctor and like nine of the convicts. And it changes to a movie where the convicts are trying to kill like the doctor so that they can like get away. But then that quickly becomes not important as they learn that the island has like dangers on it because a couple of the guys go missing. A couple of the guys fall into like traps. Uh, you find some uh, indigenous people on the island, uh, like like jungle forest type people with like bones in their noses and they all have spears and like the little uh, tiki skirts and stuff like that. Savages, RJ. Savages, yes. So you find them and then and then this movie takes a real turn where they get the savages bring them back to a, a full working plantation 
from a southern bell man and he's like on a horse and he comes out in like a white cotton suit and he's like what are you doing on my island and he's like talking like that and you're like okay like towley yeah kind of and then you find out that there is this like that there okay i'm gonna spoil this movie this island is actually sitting on top of the lost island of atlantis and the fishmen are the people who live there and they've evolved into fishmen and this plantation owner controls them through a potion that he delivers to them in like this glowing chalice that he walks out into the ocean and gives them all this like drink and then he controls them and he sends them one at a time to collect treasure from atlantis and uh at the same time there's a doctor on the island who's trying to mutate people into the fishmen. This movie's got this is overbooked. This movie's got so much stuff going on, Jared. Uh, I did not like this. Um, there's too much going on. What they're trying to do, they don't do very well because they're so spread out that it's like they have all these ideas and none of them are. They don't give any of them enough attention that they that none of them become interesting because I was just mostly bored watching this fun thing because talking about it, it's like, yeah, those are all cool ideas, but it's like they don't do any of them well. And it's just kind of boring. And uh, they for real kill an animal on screen in this movie. Uh, It's like, it's like a swan or a, a flamingo. Some guy punches a flamingo in the head and then breaks its neck. And I was like, huh. That's Sergio a little, uh, Martino. Yeah, that's uh, some Italian stuff for you right there. Nobody kills animals on screen better than Italians. I'll <laughs> I'll get to that later. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this island of the Fishmanger, it uh, it's it's overbooked, as you said. There's too much, too much, far too much. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I have any other water movies. Do you want to hear about trucks? Uh, might as well. <laughs> I'll, I'll hit you with trucks, and then. Uh, and then I'll take a break for a while. Okay. So I watched this fucking movie, Jared, called the, Trucks. The honorary Stephen King. I had to have one Stephen King movie in here. And I chose a movie from the director of Moving Target. Yeah, that's right. Moving Target. I watched a movie called Trucks, which is credited to Stephen King because I think like because of Maximum Overdrive, this thing is slightly based on the same short story or something like that. So I think this is maybe one of those unofficial and uh, not endorsed movies from Stephen King. Uh, It stars your buddy, Timothy Bushfield. That's right. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I love that guy. (laughs) The guy from First Kid, Little Big League, other good movies. Um, So you have this fucking dude. And then there's actually, uh, there's a Canadian actor from like Calgary named Brendan Fletcher who's in like uh, Fre- Freddy versus Jason and uh, The Revenant, apparently. Uh, I recognized him from old YTV TV shows, since that's what we're talking about this episode. Yeah. Uh, trucks is a huge piece of shit movie about trucks becoming sentient and killing people. This is the bottom of the barrel TV movie that, like, it's it's the most of those movies that you can get. Uh, it sucks big time. Uh, the only good thing in this movie is that lady from Hot Shots Part Deux, uh, Brenda Bake, also from Demon Knight and Death Spa. She's in this, and she's pretty foxy. Uh, I was like, what? I was like, who is that lady? And I looked it up. I was like, oh yeah, Hot Shots, mm-hmm. cool. Um, 
there's nothing there's no there's no plot uh, a bunch of people get stranded at a highway restaurant and there's trucks driving around running people over uh which is the same plot as maximum overdrive uh this is just a way shittier uh movie based on the same thing i'm still still waiting for minivans oh minivans that's next uh this movie jared actually has a remote control rc truck killing oh see it did come full circle yeah, it, so it's got a little uh, RC car that breaks through a window and then runs over the mailman. And uh, at first he's like, oh, you little shit, where are you? I bet you're somewhere hiding and I can't see you, but you're running into my legs. Oh, he like makes those noises. Mm-hmm. And then the the truck like makes him fall down and then it runs into his head like a hundred times. Uh, <laughs> truck sucks. Yeah. And that's it. That's all we're going to say. Too sweet. Too yeah. sweet there. What about you? Did you watch any movies or... Uh... Okay, well, you know what? I'm not going to talk about movies at all. I'm going to talk about a television series that I watched. That's not fair. And it's not one that we were going to watch, like uh, the one directed by Mike Flanagan. We're, I'm going to talk about the <laughs> the final fa- four episodes of uh, that show, Masters of Horror. I had well, Which show? Masters of Horror. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I talked about one of the episodes of the other week. Which one was that? Chocolate. Mick Garris's chocolate. Oh, chocolate. Chocolate. And uh, so I had four more to go while moving this busy last couple of weeks. Uh, I've been <laughs> able to squeeze a couple of these in because they're only an hour apiece. And mm-hmm. uh, I knew that they were not going to be very good because these were why I hadn't watched them yet. Um, the best of the batch, this final batch, is the fair-haired... Fair the final hair, batch? The final Gremlins batch. Gremlins 2? Uh, the new batch, RJ. Oh. Okay, whatever. Keep talking. So this is Gremlins 3 now. Uh, So The Fair-Haired Child, this is directed by the one and only William Malone. You might have heard of him. Mm -hmm. Director of such classics as (gasps) Fear.com. Such classics as the House on Haunted Hill remake. Oh, okay. Is that the Liam Neeson one? No. That would be The Haunting. Oh, whatever. Whatever. So the fair haired child, it's uh it starts off kind of strong. It's got this like creepy thing about like a teenage girl getting kidnapped by a dude in a van. It's well laid out and you're like, whoa, this is like kind of disturbing because it's like kind of done in that way. It's like this is someone's worst nightmare. Like just like if you were Jared gonna be like style. Yep, yeah, we've all been there driving that uh, uh blackout mirrored van, following people around. Mm-hmm. We've all we've all done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this starts off this girl getting kidnapped brought out to the middle of nowhere in this big old mansion and she gets kind of tossed into the basement with this young man and how uh, young ah he's like i think he's a little older than she is so he's like tw- in her in his 20s and she's nice. like 15 and so they're like what the hell's going on he can't talk for some reason and they're trying to find Ooh, a way shit. out but there's all these like things written on the wall like get out don't uh, beware the beast. All the weird warnings like, what's going on? I wonder, I wonder, I wonder where this <laughs> is going to go. Can't wait. I, I just, I find it really funny that those are the ones that are said because it's like, get out. Hey, like that hit Blumhouse movie, beware the beast. Hey, like that hit Blumhouse movie split. Yeah. I know. I see where Blumhouse is getting their ideas. Yeah, they all watch this one episode. That I'm time. figuring this out. Yeah. So, uh, what, of course it turns out, Oh, the kid turns into the beast. And uh, so she has to try to run away from this scary thing and, mm-hmm. and also try to figure out what the, what the deuce, what's going on here. 
Mm-hmm. And so what's going on is that this, this kid's parents, uh, they kind of like let their kid die by accident and they felt really bad. Like he drowned and, uh, they let their kid die. Yeah. They like, kinda, like they, they, they like, Oh, Hey, let, let him go into the, the little slough in the backyard of our property. And oh, he drowned mm-hmm. and then we f- drug him out. And then we did some, uh, necromancy, evil satanic spell stuff, Ooh, brought him ugh. back to life. But now, um, he's going to like keep turning into like this demon monster unless, uh, we sacrifice 12 virgin girls to him. Um, and then he'll be fine. And so, uh, so she's like girl number 12. And so she's got to survive or be killed. But then this kid will turn back to normal and, uh, continue his life like always. Uh, one thing leads to another and, uh, everything works out just fine. Is that it? Yeah, that's about it. It's okay. Okay. It's like, okay, it's not even okay. It's like, as far as Masters of Horror go, uh, it's like, all right. But we're talking in terms of like, there's about three or four good episodes of 26 episodes of uh, Masters of Horror and the rest are just Mm -hmm. like generic bad TV shows. Uh, Yeah. Some, Some with Norm. Um, Which Norm? From Cheers Norm? Yeah. That's the only Norm. Not Norm McDonald. Hey, I hey, uh, I like Norm Macdonald. Yeah, yeah. Not George, when you say Norm, I'm talking about George Went. That's you can just assume okay. that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he was in a movie I watched this week too. Oh, good. Remember or not this week? Uh, this month. Uh, oh, it was Motel Hell, wasn't it? Is he in? There? Oh no, wait, that was John Ratzenberger. Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm doing my best. Did you watch anything here. with Woody Harrelson or Ted Danson? Uh. Andrea watches that TV show with Ted Danson in it. Does yeah. that count? No. Okay. No, it doesn't. Um, and then I watch Valerie on the Stairs. Uh, mm. This, too, is a shit Garris. <gasps> you watched two shit Garris movies this month? I did. The well, fuck well, is wrong they're, with they're, you? They're, but they're episodic ones, so they're, they're it's like one Mick Not Garris. better. Not uh, better. So this is based on a Clive Barker story. Uh this is uh, mm-hmm. like maybe like the third or fourth film I watched this month that involved like writers trying to write, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like writers are boring people. Quit, quit, quit! Like in, fucking. Unless you're Stephen King, nobody cares. Okay. No, and I don't care. I don't want a Stephen. I don't want a movie on writing. Uh, I would love a movie version of on writing Only where it's, it's Stephen King staring. It's just a <laughs> straight shot of him speaking into the camera. And he's like eating pepperoni while he does it, like Errol Morris style. Uh, no. And him talking about how him and Tabitha are sexually compatible. No, I would also not use that as a word to uh, describe uh, my feelings. Keep talking about whatever the hell you were talking about. Valerie on the stairs. Okay. So this is about a dude who moves into a writer's residency apartment building where all the other people in it are writers who are also unpublished writers. Um, and they all mm-hmm. hang out and then spooky things start happening. Uh, the highlight being Tony Todd is in this as like this, like demon gin guy who like looks cool. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think he looks pretty rad. Um, and he's like, he fucks people up and then there's this like naked chick. Uh, he does what? He fucks people up. Nice. Yeah. He tears them up. Like he punches his fist down someone's throat and like tears Shit. out, tears out his spine. It's, it's, it's great. Cool. Um, at least that part's great. The rest of it is just like the actor in this is like some dude from Vancouver. Oh, he's so, he's just like exactly what you expect many Canadian actors who stay in Canada are like. 
that wooden, just anyone from Vancouver, really. Yeah, wooden, talentless, blank-eyed, and on top of that, this guy's like kind of rival uh, in this apartment looks exactly like him. Like they're like <laughs> the same guy, and I'm like, I, I honestly, are, are they brothers? Like it's so weird watching this thing. Um, hmm. Anyway. Uh, yeah, then there's like naked girl who's just like, yeah, she got hired because she's got a nice rack and a nice ass. And that's like her, and she's a muse. What? She's inspirational, just like Frank Frazetta's wife. That's kind of like a thing in this. It's, it's kind of an odd thing. And it's Mick Garris, so it's all muddled and like poorly executed. Oh, and yeah. like, and of course, it's got a it's got a lady who's Southern and she talks like this, sugar. And uh, of course, because that's all, that's all Southern women are. They're all horned up and drunk. Uh, most of them are, Jared. This ending, though, of this goddamn thing, who boy, it's like something out of uh, like a really bad Jeff Lemire comic. <laughs> uh, what do you mean a really bad Jeff like, Lemire it, it'd comic? It'd be like it'd be like the worst Jeff Lemire ending you could imagine. That this is what this movie's got. For I'm going to need you to elaborate on that. So this ending, so all these characters, they're getting like undone by the 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 spookiness of this building, and mm-hmm. what happens is he he's uh, basically killed somebody he thinks or it's, it's going to wind up that like the cops are going to think that he's killed these people okay. and he, he goes up to the rooftop and then like he starts himself turning into paper and then he blows away into sheets of paper well why do you think that's a jeff lemire story because like visually it's like, I'm like i can just see a jeff lemire drawing this and it'd be like, okay. and he went, and he'd like look and go, Ugh, and then he'd throw it away. But uh, this is this this was Mick Garris going. This, this is my this is the best thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, do you think when he wrote it, he was just saying to himself, he's like, this is it, this is really it, this is where I'm gonna have my Spielberg moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mick. Hey, he's a really nice guy. Uh, yeah, I bet you he's a really nice look, guy. Look how long his hair is. Yeah. I got, I got two more, two more to get through here. We'll, we'll hit them. Right to die. This is a story that plays with narrative structure. It's a little elliptical. It jumps around. It's about a dude. Mm. He's a dentist because this was like the mid two thousands where like dentists were like real sleazy for some mm-hmm. reason. Like there was like the secret lives of dentists and stuff like that. And it's like I don't know if it's because of that one Seinfeld episode with like the doctor like Brian zip, Cranston, z- z- the doctor zipping up his pants. Yeah. And yeah. like he's like, what did you do? Oh, and it's like, so there, this became a thing where it's like, yeah, dentist, man, you don't know what they're doing. Hey, Brian Yesna made an entire movie called The Dentist. Uh, so this is, is that about, one good? No, it's terrible. Okay, yeah, don't watch that. Um, right to die. Yeah, this guy's like having an affair on his wife, and his wife finds out. And then while like after this is kind of coming about, they're driving in their SUV. There's a car crash. Uh, she winds up burning alive post crash mm-hmm. and uh but she's still alive she doesn't die but she's like horrifically burned and uh, there's this whole thing about like uh ending this uh or, or creating a dnr to not res- mm-hmm. resuscitate she keeps wanting to die but they keep bringing her back because that's what the law says but every time she dies her spirity ghost thing comes to do bad things and so he of course now is like oh shit if she dies the ghost is just going to screw with me so i better like make sure she stays alive Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like a, it's kind of a black comedy it's it's trying to be like a humorous thing but also played straight so tonally it's just like doesn't work at all mm-hmm. um, the burn victim stuff it's like there's like it's, it looks kind of cool so like all these episodes they're all uh, that Greg Nicotero guy um, who like oh, the Walking Dead guy yeah he goes on to direct Walking Dead so, but back this is when he was just a special effects dude 
Mm-hmm. Um, so like that's like one of the highlights of these is like the effects are always like pretty solid. Um, that's where all the effort probably went for a lot of these. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, this thing just falls. It's like kind of like a, it's a ghost story in waiting. And so there's times where like, she's about to die and then the, the spirity thing. Sometimes it appears like her dragging herself across the floor is like all burnt and crispy, which is mm-hmm. spooky. And then appearing. How spooky? Nah, not too spooky. It's, it's oh, okay. kitsch, kitschy spooky. Um, and then, yeah, the final beat of this is actually pretty good. It's like, absurd. it's got some pretty ridiculous things involving skinning people alive. Like, uh, some really good movies out there do, but this is like, what? Uh, I didn't know a dentist could do that. Anyway, not, uh, they can't, they're, they're not really doctors. Well, in this, apparently you can. You just have to uh, give them enough anesthetic and they'll be fine. Ever tell you about the dental equipment that was left in my face from a dentist? Uh, you've mentioned that to me. It's a true story. If anyone's interested, uh, hit me up. Uh, go to our Patreon page and hit the $100 option and I'll tell you this one story about uh, how I have dental equipment in my head. It's absolutely worth it. Um, sure. And then I, the last one I watched, which means I've seen them all, um, mm-hmm. We All Scream for Ice Cream. This is directed by old Tom Holland, the mind behind Fright Night mm. and Child's Play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this is a, I didn't know what this actually was going in other than I'm like, oh, it's got like a clown in it. Wait and, a minute. I got to interrupt you. What? He did Child's Play? I thought that guy, Don, or uh, Tom Monolacini or whatever. Who's the guy who does? Don, Don Coscarelli. He's... No, not Don Coscarelli. I thought the guy behind Chucky was someone else, not Tom oh. Holland. Well, no, Tom Holland directed... Like, yeah, there's like, oh God, how's it so going? So who, who's the guy who did like all the child's plays? Oh, and like, that's like Don Mascarelli. Don Mancini. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like the okay. writer and he who did it. But I think I'm pretty, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure Tom Holland did direct at least a child's play. Somewhere yeah, he on. directed the first one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah Don yeah. Mancini's the writer. Yes. But so Don Mancini wrote all of them, right? Yeah. He, Is that so, what I'm he, thinking? Yes. So he's okay. the, yeah, he would be okay, more I the gotcha. mind behind it more accurately. Yes. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay, so keep going. We all scream for ice cream. I went into this being like, "Oh, it's about some sort of evil clown shit," but it's kind of like a melt movie, uh, which of course Ooh. you would maybe um, know more about if you had watched Street Trash, like you were supposed to. I uh, I did. Did you? Yeah. When did you watch it? It didn't you show fucker? up. As... Yeah, I did. It's well, on my. Oh, I, it's it, it's the what? last thing I watched. Oh, you snuck it in. See, I missed that. Good then. Lord. You don't do the any. Last, the last thing I saw you vlog for the month was it. No, no. I watched Street Trash. Okay, good. I'm fine. Then everything's good. Okay. Keep talking. So, I know all about body melts. Body melt okay. movies. Okay. Well, then. You know how cool then, in theory, because I don't know how you feel sure. about Street Trash, uh, but body melting. So this is about uh, an evil clown that was mm-hmm. a uh, a hard R of a man. Who uh, could you who, wait? Who could you repeat? Hard R man, a hard okay. R man. You you can figure it out from the context here. Who was uh, bullied by like neighborhood kids? This is a grown man who was being bullied mm-hmm. by kids because he was like uh, a guy who drew the who uh, he drove the ice cream truck and he dressed as a clown because that's how he could get kids to like him and have friends and be people like minded with him because he is, is the intelligence of a child. Is this that Clint Howard movie? No, that's Ice Cream Man, which I did Jesus. not. I did not get to watch. I, I have it on Blu-ray. RJ, okay, that's very okay. Instructed by a gay porn director. Um, anyway, so we all scream for ice cream. Uh, this evil clown is the spirit of a wronged hard R man um, mm-hmm. who's getting back on the kids who like 
turned off the gas on or turned off the brake on his ice cream truck and it rolled over on him and he died. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And uh, so it stars Beecher from Oz. Okay. And uh, some other goofs. And uh, it's like it. RJ, it's just like it, where it's like, oh, this happened Is one it? kind, but shittier. And okay. uh, but it's like, yeah, it's these kids are now older, and now the spirits come back to get them. And okay. uh, what he does is he possesses their kids, and they all ch- they all scream for ice cream, and they come out, sp- they all come out spookily with nickels, and they pay him in nickels, and he gives mm. them ice cream bars, and when they eat them, their dads turn to ice cream and melt. Why do the dads turn to ice cream? Well, because the the dads are the one. The, the four dads are the ones that killed the killed the the, the guy. Do uh, do the little kids eat the ice cream made of their dads? No, no, no. They eat ice cream, and then it's like voodoo ice cream or something. It, it would be way creepier if they ate the ice cream that was made of the dads. Yeah, because it'd be a man cream, frozen <sighs> man cream. Wow, I'm signing off <laughs> uh, forever. You you started us down this road. What do you? No, you, I didn't. You did. I never said anything about man cream. <laughs> uh, Whatever. Keep going before I before I leave for good. So this has some goo parts that are like, oh, that's kind of weird and neat. Like it doesn't make any sense, but you can't help but think like, fuck, this is just it. Like it's because mm. even like, oh yeah, we called ourselves the so and so gang, and you're just like, okay, like, mm. like come on, dudes. Um, there's like one really awesome uh, man melting in a hot tub scene, um, <laughs> and it's just like, well, that's rad. But other than that, I don't even remember how this thing fucking ended. It just is like there. In fact, actually, I might not even finish watching it. I might have like had ten minutes and I had to like leave or something and just never went back to it. So hmm. that's why. That's how much this mattered to me, RJ. Um, that's how much you matter to so, me. So, folks, if you're curious about, hey, Jared, what Masters of Horror should I watch? There's two. Number one, Imprint, directed by Takashi Miike. That mm. thing is fucking weird and messed up in like the way that Takashi Miike only does. Um, oh, you mean Takashi Mike? Yep, Takashi yep. Mike. Yeah, your director of nice. your favorite, Ishii the Killer. I hate that movie. It sucks. I don't care. <laughs> Everyone likes it. I don't. Ca- I don't give a shit. Uh, but the audition is cool, though. Audition is cool. Uh, yep. And the other one is Cigarette Burns, directed by mm-hmm. old uh, JC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ himself. Uh, written written by I don't know if you knew this or if you even this matters to you. It's written by uh, Moriarty of Ain't It Cool News. Does that mean anything to you? Is that uh, Sherlock Holmes's brother? No. Just that, that was. Well, his... I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Then. Yeah. Well, you're you're you're, uh, you're too young. You kid this these days, not knowing your Ain't It Cool News history. It's not my fault. You're 800 years old. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, those are the two that are like the probably my top shelf. I would have to rewatch two to keep my letterbox up to date with all 26 logged. And that would be uh incident on and off a country road, mountain road. Uh, that's uh that's Don Coscarelli directed. Oh, uh, now it comes full circle. <laughs> and then the other one is the screw fi solution, which is directed by Joan Dante. And I think like, I remember that one actually, uh, I really liked it a lot. We'll see how well it holds up. It it, it taps into my uh, mentality on like biological horror. It's really. Did you say? Can wait. Finish that sentence. That's it. Biological horror. Yeah. 
Did you say Joe Dante or yeah. Joan El Dante? Joe Dante. I don't know who Joe El Dante or El Joan. Or Joan, whoever that is. Yeah. Was that a was that a good enough joke to derail you? Uh, I I'm used to it at this point. I'm pretty numb to your shtick. Good. Yeah. Hey, you know I don't do it intentionally. Sometimes I just can't help myself. Yeah, I know you have a problem. What? It's, it's, it's just who you are. Hey, I do things real good. Hey, remember everyone agrees. Remember, you remember Child's Play? What about it? Yeah, so I watched Child's Play three. Okay, uh, this movie is famous, infamous for the fact that uh, apparently a couple of kids in the UK back in the nineties they watched this and were so inspired by it they went and murdered a like three year old and shoved is batteries. This true? Yeah, and they shoved batteries up his ass and left him for dead in a train yard. <laughs> is this kind of like what Boy A is based on? Um, maybe. Okay, never mind. Uh, uh, that's a really sad story. Yeah, I didn't really, know that. Yeah, I wish so, you hadn't shared that with me. Well, now you know. So anyway, I never watched this movie. Uh, but this like that's like it's like that in Warlock, the mm. the Julian Sands film, uh, mm-hmm. which is also kind of linked to like another like horrible like young kid murdering another child, which actually happens in Saskatchewan. Um, mm. Yeah. So, Child's Play three got around to watching that uh i don't like this movie i think it's pretty meh uh child's so, play one's okay child's play mm-hmm. two i think is pretty cool child's play three unnecessary it's another one of those movies uh made in that window of time where uh, uh studios are really like hey let's take a horror movie and set it at some sort of like military complex so uh, so yeah that's th- so this actually though is set at a military school which will go along nicely with one of the movies you watched uh, recently. But, uh, yeah, this what is... movie? Evil Speak. Oh. Right. <laughs> okay, keep going. Yeah, so Child's Play 3, I don't know. So Andy, he's now, like, grown up. He's, like, that... He's a guy now, and uh, he's, like... His mom's crazy, so they've put him off into military school to be a good, outstanding American citizen. And... Uh, I don't know. Chucky shows up again. Chucky's back. And, uh, and, and yet, yet Brad Dourif getting to deliver the line, don't Chuck, or don't, I already fucked it up, don't fuck with the Chuck. And mm. that's probably all you really need to know about uh, Child's Play 3. It's uh, pretty tame. Uh, the ending's kind of cool, set in like a dilapidated, crazy carnival ride thing. But it's still no, uh, it doesn't hold a candle to the great conclusion of Child's Play 2, which is set at the toy factory. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I'll probably, over the next couple of years, finish watching these Child's Plays, these Chucky films. I've got two more. Those movies all suck. Yeah. So whatever. We, we all know how you feel about Chucky. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Wimp. I don't care. I think he sucks. And uh, I'll probably never watch those movies. You, well, you got to man up one day, RJ. Make it a Patreon goal. You, you can't be. You can't let what your mother did to you, did to you as a child. Uh, it wasn't hover over you. It wasn't right, and I'm I'm not the same. Maybe that's why I interrupt people all the time. Yeah. Because I need to be heard. Because my voice wasn't heard when I didn't want to watch the <laughs> the Chucky movie. Okay. <laughs> Is this like that bit in like a like a shitty Netflix show where it's like, hey, why is this guy such an asshole? And then you find they spend an entire episode like explaining why he's an asshole. Do people think I'm an asshole? Hey, what are you mowing down over there? Hmm. Nature Valley, sweet and salty, dark chocolate nut. 
Ugh, I thought you were going to be like, have some leftover Halloween candy. Mm-hmm. Not that dark nature nut. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. You're eating like a fat animal, so I'm going to tell you about Rawhead Rex. Mm-hmm. This movie that I feel like gets a lot more praise than it, it deserves, <laughs> and I don't really know why. Uh, so Rawhead Clyde Rex. Barker. Yeah, I know. it. So it's a Clyde Barker short story, uh, which I read very recently. I just finished Books of Blood 1 to 3 not too long ago. Um, Rawhead Rex is in there. It's a pretty cool story. So what happens is, I'm going to tell you about the story in general. You have this old farmer, and there's like this huge rock in his field. And they go get like an excavator and like a rock picker, pick up that big rock. And underneath it is Rawhead Rex. Ah. Uh, In this story, he was kind of cooler. He was like a giant thing, like nine feet tall, super long arms and fingers, just like a monster. And then what happens is it kind of, it gets loose and you find out it's like an ancient evil. And uh, he was trapped there by some kind of biblical, like Samson-esque type person. And he's trapped under this rock. And he goes on a tear on the English countryside fighting motherfuckers. Uh, And then simultaneously, you have like this priest man who's working to stop him. So then you have this movie, Rawhead Rex. uh, And it kind of follows the same thing. And they kind of went with practical effects where it was like just a tall dude with a humongous head. Uh I'm honestly finding finding it hard to talk about this movie. Yeah. I watched it two weeks ago, and I don't really remember that much. You could talk I about remember- what Rawhead Rex looks like, which is like a superhero monster. Yeah, he so it's like he's just like a huge guy. He's got he's real tall. He's got big arms, and he has like a humongous head. So I guess it's like in a, you know that hit M Night Shyamalan movie, Unbreakable. Of course. When Mr. Glass is talking about uh, the stereotypical supervillain elongated heads, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that. So that's what Rawhead Rex looks like. I know he's got like fangs. He's got like little beady eyes, gigantic head. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think the movie's kind of the shits. It's got kind of like a goofy charm to it, but it's just like for the most part not good it's got some yeah it's got some some stuff to it but it's like i I watched it two weeks ago and i remember scenes like i remember when rawhead rex was like killing people he like broke into a farmhouse and that was spooky but uh i don't really remember a whole lot about this this movie's (laughs) like it's not that long ago so i think this is a real mark against the movie because i don't remember it at all and i haven't tagged his full body burns I was trying to help you out because I know you love those, oh, and I've been tagging them all month. I only got and, one. And uh, I don't month. even rem- I don't even remember uh, where a full body burn was in this movie. You only got one. I had so fucking many this month. I think I had at least ten movies that were full body burns. I wish I only had like one. You know, it's like from the, one of the cheapest movies I watched too. Let me see here. Uh, my full body burn tag. I had a uh, Maniac Cop Two, Evil Speak. Rawhead Rex, Hobgoblins, Maniac Cop Three, Burial of the Rats, uh, and I have I have others, but those were the ones this month. So I had like I had a pretty good haul this month. Not bad, not bad, not bad. So yeah, uh, Rawhead Rex. Um, I like Clyde Barker. I think he's a super cool dude. That story's like okay, and uh, this movie uh, gets a lot of praise, and I don't know why. Truly forgettable. Truly 
forgettable. You know what isn't forgettable? The Driller Killer by <laughs> Abel Ferreira. Yeah. Your buddy, your close personal friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like a friend of the show, Josh Frazier, would be really into this movie um, because it really like kind of nails the grime of New York, I think. More than any horror elements or more than the backstory with the like with Abel Ferreira, I think this movie really captures just the grease that is New York and the horrible people that live there, like friend of the show, Josh Frazier. Um, he seems like a nice guy. I don't know. I can't say he's horrible, <laughs> but, you know, maybe he's uh, slopping down pizza with Abel Ferreira. We'll never know. Yeah. We'll never know. Uh, but yeah, so Driller Killer is pretty cool. It's about like a struggling artist uh, played by Abel Ferreira, right? Yep. Is this his first movie or like his first big movie? Uh, yeah, it's probably his first like feature film or something yeah. like, close to it. So he plays uh, he plays the lead uh, and he's like a struggling artist. He's kind of eccentric, but he's also kind of like sloppy and like doesn't really pay attention to his uh, his girlfriend. And then you get some of the like the underground world of New York with bands and artists and stuff like that. And uh, it's just it's kind of just about a story about a guy who he's like, you know, I've just had it with all this shit. So people give it, people are giving me a lot of horse shit and I've had it with them. I'm going to take it out on them and he gets a drill and he starts drilling people. Uh, this movie is actually pretty good. Um, for what it is, it's like this first time filmmaker ask, like maybe, maybe not first, but really early in his career filmmaker where he played the lead. It's got some really cool images, man. Uh, some striking cinematography. Uh, but I, I just, it's like I was saying, I like it. It really shows New York in like a real grimy way. And I was like, I like this grime. Yeah. I yeah, like this it, dirt. It looks like, yeah, it, it definitely is his first feature film because he did some short stuff before then. And then he yeah. follows it up with Miss 45 and follows it up with uh, Fear City, which uh, if you combine those three, that is quite the grimy New York trilogy. This is true. This is true. So... I don't know. Uh, the Driller Killer is pretty good. I liked it. Do you have anything to add or? Um, not really. How do you like that buffalo painting he's working on? I really like that buffalo painting. It's got striking eyes, man. Yep. Did the painting make him insane? Who's to say? Who's to say? But I, I love. I always love him just like going out and drilling that bum. <laughs> oh, like the, uh, you mean the hobo? Yeah, you, you, not like the uh, the movie I'm going to talk about next with drilling bums. Uh, <laughs> I'll get there. Okay, yeah, drill, the killer, hobo. Driller Killer is cool. Uh, I don't love it. Like some people might be like, oh, it's like one of my favorite movies. I'm like, you can't love this movie. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, it's an interesting movie. It has, it's like got some of that like hangdog kind of '70s New York filmmaking because it's like independent. There's no rules. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's I I liked it. This is we also uh, is legendary because you borrowed my uh, the steel book of this right. It's got the mm-hmm. wicked cover. Yep. Yeah. So that that cover basically pretty well led to the video nasty ban list because because uh, sure. people looked at it and went what the fuck you can't sell mm-hmm. shit that looks like this. Yep. This is actually also on Canopy the uh, the borderline Criterion esque filmstruck. But uh, Filmstruck's so popular, it'll never go anywhere. That's so true. Canopy will never prosper. Yep. Anyways, uh, yeah, Jeweler Killer's pretty cool. Hey, do you want to hear about other drilling of the bums uh, in the movie I watched called Nude for Satan? 
Absolutely. So I watched this movie, Jared, called Nuda per Satana, Nude for Satan by Luigi Bazzella. Um <laughs> This is a Italian horror slash porn director. Uh, so this is described. Now, this, this, this is weird. Like I'm the one who talks about horror porn. What are you doing here? I'm gonna. You step on my coattails. I didn't know that this was full on porn. Uh, when you look at the letterbox description, this is quote Italian gothic horror that tells the tale of a man who stops at a remote castle hoping to get medical help for an injured woman, only to find the inhabitants mirror the darker sides of the woman and himself. Uh, not exactly what I would have found in porn as a description. Uh, but th- Jarrett, I don't know if you know this. This is full on porno. Is there uh, is there butt stuff? There's full penetration in this movie. Multiple scenes. Multiple scenes. There's one scene where uh, a person enters a room and there's a full on orgy. Uh, there is people licking buttholes in this movie, and you see all of it. You see all of it, Jarrett. And uh, honestly, full penetration, and the camera shows it for about three, four minutes. Hmm. So we're talking plumbing shots. Yeah. I, I don't know what that means, but sure. Well, you know now. Uh, yeah, plumbing shots. So yeah, this is full porn. Full porn. And I didn't think it was. But uh, so here's the thing with for Nude for Satan. The story is actually real cool. So you have this guy who finds a car crash and then runs to this mansion and it's like him and this lady that he knows. And while they're in the mansion, they stumble across these like doppelganger versions of themselves. And they're doing like horrible stuff. So it's like uh, the guy enters a room where there's this huge orgy. And then it's the doppelganger version of him. Like the mustache Star Trek evil version of him is like licking a whole butthole. And you see it all. And this guy's like, oh my god. This is horrible. Uh, and then there's like other stuff. There's giant spiders and things like that. But uh, the majority of this movie is them seeing like mere images of themselves, like uh, being completely inhibited uh, in their actions and just fully going like super into dirty sex stuff. It's like, what would happen if you didn't like you didn't have inhibition and you're like, yeah, I don't need to lick every butthole in the room. I could but I won't. But this thing's like, yeah, what if someone was like, yeah, I'm gonna. So it actually is like kind of a good idea for this Italian Gothic horror story. I like it. Uh, and the porn isn't bad either. The porn's fine. I was on board with it. Whatever. Tasteful. No, yeah, it was tasteful porn. I was watching it. Uh, there is a candlestick that gets fully inserted into a, a hole, a cavity. Yeah, a cavity. Uh, and even that, I was like, yeah, this is kind of tasteful. Uh, so the story is really cool. And honestly, the porn is fine. I didn't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where this movie really fails is that it's for a porno, it's kind of boring. There, There's mm-hmm. not you, much you, going you, on you, with you, this you, thing. You got to watch more porno because you, then you'd realize how boring most porn is. I'm sure more, I'm sure most porn is boring. However, Jarrett, however, this movie just doesn't do it, okay? So, I don't know. Uh, the story's pretty cool. The porn is fine. But on the whole, on the butthole, it's just kind of boring. 
Yeah. So I was a little disappointed, but uh, I would say it's worth checking out if you were into either gothic style horror or just porno, like soft, uh, you know, nice, easy porn. Easy if, watching. If you're, if you're into tender rimming. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about anything for a while? or? Well, I watched a film called Night Has a Thousand Desires. Is this, Was this porn? Uh, this is Jess Franco. And oh, your buddy. There's a whole lot of fucking. I don't remember too much about this movie right now. Um, it's got that Lena Romay. She's uh, doing her thing. Lots of rolling around, showing off her butt, her beave. Just her, uh, her beave, her vagina, her okay. her bush. Sure. Um, her and her husband, who's like this writer. <laughs> They're always fucking writers. They're like in a resort. So, you know, you're mm -hmm. watching a Just Franco movie. They're at some sort of exotic location near a beach in a hotel room. And there's people coming and going. There's some sort of mystery going on and hypnotism and death and um, brainwashing. And people just hanging out. Lots of hot European ladies just lounging around, making out with one another, getting high. And then like kind of like kind of in a weird trance getting up and just going over to another lady and getting down. And then mm -hmm. another, then a guy just kind of absentmindedly continues smoking, kind of like watches them boredly. Uh, and then every once in a while there's death and there's hysterical screaming. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a middle-of-the-road Jess Franco movie. So uh, not a not a awesome one. It's no uh, Lorna the Exorcist. Uh, mm. It's no... Uh, vampire lesbos it's, it's no female vampire but it's fine uh i watched uh this, this is sort of my uh, medley of movies that don't really fit into any one particular uh area mm -hmm. i watched this strange little number called hotel inferno so this mm -hmm. movie rj is shot in the first person um mm -hmm. i'm trying to remember the name of the studio it's kind of like astron six but italian guys doing this stuff uh, and they're like kind of specializing in making these sort of like super gore fests mm -hmm. where like, and this one in particular, it kind of, uh, like where hardcore Henry is like, feels like a video game. This movie wants to feel like a PlayStation two era horror survival game with like bad English voiceover narrations that like are just stiffly delivered, but that's part of the aesthetic that they're going mm. for. Um, okay. so this thing starts off as like this, this hit man who's there to take care of a job also at a hotel resort, uh, which I think I watched this actually this, maybe even the same day or night of, uh, watching a house or a night of a thousand desires. And, uh, I was like, Whoa, it's another Franco hotel resort in a foreign location movie. Uh, Necrostorm is the name of the mm. production company. Um, so this feels like, I don't know, again, you're a youngin, so I guess you don't necessarily mm. remember this like era of PC games though, like under a killing moon. And, uh, there's also that night trap game that got re-released. It's just like these weird, like, v like early experiments with like video capturing, like actual actors and then putting them into video games. And they're kind of like adventure games, but it's like, they're very clunky. This movie wants that feeling, uh, of this assassin who gets sent to this hotel to take care of a couple of bad assassins but he's like what the hell is all this because they're all demon possessed and he says to like fight his way out of this hotel that is completely filled with demon possessed 
assassins and hitmen and stuff like that. While this like evil man on the phone is baiting him. Um, it's mm-hmm. like it's got like crazy gore, special effects, stuff like that. All mostly practical. A couple of bits where like they're doing some compositing with like the first person, a la Doom, um, where you're like, hmm, this could be done better, but maybe this isn't supposed to be intentionally crappy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does build up to a really kind of awesome demon boss called Gamora, uh, who's actually featured on the poster of this. It's just like cloaked monster mouth face that just blows fire and it's freaky Mm. like this thing just keeps coming and coming uh it's definitely the highlight of this movie that again like it's kind of faded from my memory um i do find this like first person shooter kind of thing for movies actually works for me uh between like hardcore henry uh the maniac remake this uh enter the void that gaspar noe movie it kind of like it's it's effective for me but i can definitely see some people just being like nah and this one's like probably the worst of the four that i've seen but it's an interesting thing i don't know if i'd be like on board watching more of this necrostorm stuff because i just heard that it was this guy julio desante uh that's the director of this oh okay julio desante tater city um tater uh, (laughs) like potatoes yeah like but 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 like t-a-e tater but it's like tater but it sounds like tater city uh there's the mildew from planet uh, Zondar, yep, mm. Zondar. Uh, something called Infitus, and then uh, oh, it looks like they're doing a Hotel Inferno too, the Cathedral of Pain. Hmm. And, that, and this cover looks even more ridiculous in metal. It uh, here's my question. Yo, what kind? What kind of taters do they have? In Tater City, I assume. Yeah, because potatoes. Potatoes, like, though, yellow can be served anyway. Red, yeah, it's just like skins. What what's taters? P- potato skins, skins can taters can be also served all sorts of ways. Um, do you do you have any? Uh, I had some for lunch today, actually. You did some tots, yeah. Tots. Oh, you went to taco time. Correct. Good good on you. Hey, I know what tots are. Your power of deduction. Okay, so here's the thing. Yo. What else is going on? Uh, I watched Anthropophagus. <laughs> oh my god. So this is one of the, the big boys of the video nasties. It's got that mm-hmm. iconic cover of uh, George Eastman and like really shitty makeup eating intestines. Mm-hmm. Um, this I've always wanted to watch this. Uh, it finally came out on Blu-ray like this month. Uh, and I was stoked to finally get myself a copy and watch it. And it's mm-hmm. okay. It's so it's just like a, okay. It's just okay. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, it's an Italian slasher kind of, it, mm-hmm. it always has these movies. Um, I like Island of death. These, which was a Greek movie, but they have the same, like the seventies European movies. There's just like average, good looking actors that you've never seen in anything else before. They're on boats they get to mm-hmm. like their like island destination and then things go wrong, but it's very slow to get to the parts where things go wrong. Um, the movie's working with a tight budget, so it's got to cut corners here and there. People are getting hung. Mm-hmm. There's like crazy things where like a woman's hiding inside of like a keg and jumps out and she starts stabbing people, uh, which is like startling because it's just so badly 
handled, but like because of that, it kind of works. Uh, then you mm-hmm. get uh, George Eastman, uh, who's just like you know eating fetuses and stuff like that and running around stabbing people. And he's just like this huge dude uh, in this like shitty makeup who's like gone mad with cannibalism. And uh, yeah, mayhem ensues. It's okay. Uh, it would be like one of those days, like maybe like five years from now when you're like really like, what should I watch for Halloween, Jared? I'd be like, well, there's always Anthropophagus. And you'd be like, what's that? And I'd go, here you go. Because you won't remember this at all. Uh, I feel like I, I've heard of this and I was going to watch this one time. Does this have like real bad animal cruelty in it? No, not this one. There's like definitely this movie. Definitely. You would expect it would. Oh, but it cause doesn't. there's been a few that I've wanted to watch and you've been like, no, 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, I watched Grizzly. Uh, so this is a, this is a Jaws knockoff, like one of the first uh, Jaws. But with a bear? With a bear, a grizzly bear. Oh, so Kevin Smith's uh, Moose Jaws, Jaws knockoff with a moose. That's not very original, is it? No, it's a little late to the game. He's still going to do it, though. Is it really? He, that's he, what they say. He's, he's weird about his Canadiana, isn't he? Well, that's his. that would be the third in his Canadian trilogy. Oh, the True North trilogy, Jared, oh, is what he calls it. Brutal. Yoga Hoosiers, Tusk, and uh, Moose Jaws. Tusk, Tusk is a Canadian thing? Yeah, it is. It takes place in like Winnipeg. Oh. Or somewhere like that. I don't know. I've never seen it. I just, Ugh. I'm pretty caught. Con- well, yeah, because it takes place in Canada because the Yoga Hoosiers people like Johnny Dupe and uh, his daughter and then Kevin Smith's daughter are all in Tusk. And then they had their spinoff movie from that, which was Yoga Hosers, which is also taking place in Canada. Doesn't Next year, you should watch all these movies. Does Kevin Smith talk about how hot his daughter is? I can't remember. Is he, he one of those guys? But he does some weird, other weird, like self-serving stuff. I saw this really weird tweet the other day about like, his mom is in the hospital, which is very sad. But it was, he was like talking. He was like, "If I was, he's like, if I wasn't such a selfish guy and went to film school, I could have went to medical school and helped her. Now I feel like I'm uh, like with I can't help her at all. Like I'm powerless." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "Why would you say that?" And then I saw one guy was just like, "He's like, yeah, but you have money, so you can buy healthcare. It's like that's way more important than being a doctor." And I don't think he said anything to that, but it just seemed really weird and like self-serving where it's like he it's almost like he wanted people to be like, no, man, you really did the right thing. Pursue mm. your dream. Your mom would have wanted that. But I don't know. People handle grief in different ways. She didn't die. She's OK. So what are we talking about in Grizzly? <laughs> yeah. What happened? Uh, in there, there, there's a 15 foot tall grizzly bear killing people. He's Isn't a he, he's like a horny he's like almost like a horny grizzly bear though like he's oh, no. he's killing all these like ladies out in the woods because he's like he wants to horn them up kind of but uh, you know he just eats them he kills them but like so the highlight of this film uh, is that this grizzly bear just maims people and the the montages of him maiming people are like pretty sweet because they're just like uh it just cuts to like this like bear puppet. And then it cuts to the person screaming. And then sometimes it's like, oh, let's throw an arm, like a fake arm across the screen. And then it'll be like, oh, his arm's been cut off. And that's what they do. There's one, the, the highlight of Grizzly. The only reason to watch it, and you could probably get this in like in a YouTube clip, 
because I think this whole movie is actually on YouTube because the studio that made this film, amongst other things, like does, doesn't exist anymore. Uh, this is a, a William Girdler film. Uh, who's, who's Girdler? Gird, Girdler. He was, uh, makes movies like Day of the Animals, which actually might be up your alley. It's about, I think, the animals mm-hmm. taking back society. I feel like in theory it would be, but, but it might, I think... But in practice, it might be real, yeah. real tough watch. To, to show that why they need to rebel, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, just... Just horrible things, Jared. It, 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 it'll be no roar. Mm. Mm. Okay, keep going. So, uh, do, t- Tell me about Moose Jaws. Okay, so Moose Jaws is a movie that doesn't exist yet, but Grizzly did exist oh, okay. back in 1976. Sure. And uh, yeah, there's this sweet death where like this mom and her kid are just like out in the woods hanging out because I think they actually live there. And her like little kid, you're like, oh no, the little kid's going to get eaten by the bear. But you're like, no, they won't actually do anything with that kid because they never do. But then they fucking do. And this little fucking kid gets mauled by a bear. And you're like, oh, he's not going to get too bad, right? Because his mom's going to come and save him. And then, like, they, like, throw this kid off to the side. And this kid's, like, lost his arm and leg. And you're like, what the fuck? It's like, but he didn't finish killing him. So the kid's not totally dead. But it's just, like, amazing. I was just like, okay. This is, like, almost redeeming of Grizzly. Because otherwise it's like, I don't know. I kind of liked it because it's the right kind of bloody farty 70s cinema that i find kind of watchable on a saturday farty? afternoon yeah it's like nothing it's not it's slow lots of wide cinematic shots of the woods uh mm-hmm. it's got richard jekyll in it who's just like this great character actor who like shows up in dirty dozen and stuff like that who like i just love him he's such a cool guy um <laughs> and they just like, oh, my daughter's coming to visit me. I'm the sheriff. And she's like, oh, dad, you work too hard. Oh, you should get married again. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, there's like mayhem because it's Jaws. And the mayor's corrupt. And he's, I don't want to close down the park because we're not making all this money. And such and such. It's uh, it's harmless. It's just a movie. It's got some cool bear mauling scenes that like are stand out in their crudity, in their crudeness. And the ending is just absurd as they spoilers use like a rocket launcher to blow up this bear. And it's so fucking funny. It's just like, it is the shittiest way you could possibly do this. It's like, it's just like, Oh, they just like use an explosion at nothing. And they just like had this like photo of a bear and they cut it out. And then there's an explosion. You're like, wow, that's, that's their big send off. It's just, that's it's, how I would make it though. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what? You're not going to like get the bear and be like, all right, bear step on the landmine. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. So this is like the 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 next best thing mm. <laughs> is a uh, rocket launcher bear. So so garbage. Sounds like Andy Sedaris type filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. William Girdler's kind of one of those guys. Like he he's uh he's working on his own terms. Real schlock. Mm. He made a uh, Exorcist. He made like a black exploitation Exorcist movie called Abby. Ooh. It's it cool? it's brutal. I I it's <laughs> it's like unwatchable. I hate it. I've I uh a lot of the uh. The, the horror hipsters, uh, I hate saying that, but it's kind of true on Letterboxd. They're like five stars, and it's like, fuck off. Abby's unwatchable. Like, it's so shitty. Um, I'm going to knock out two more here quick. This is just like the, the hodgepodge movies. 
Uh, my brother has bad dreams. Uh, this is like a super obscure, like almost like TV movie, 70s movie, kind of like that bad Ronald movie you might have heard about. Uh, I have heard about that bad Ronald. Yeah. So this is a movie about like this guy. He's playing like Norman Bates kind of living with his sister. His mother's dead. He's a total fucking weirdo. There's like way too many shots of him walking around with like no shirt on and shorts. And he meets <laughs> this drifter dude and he brings him back home to their like big like California mansion and like there's like there's kind of like sexing each other up and they're doing like, what there's sexing sexing each other up okay yeah okay. it's uh weird it's an odd little movie and I kept waiting for it to get good because I see some people who've talked about it like they say yeah what a great surprise and you watch and you're just like this is the wrong side of farty 70 cinema that I don't like hmm yeah I don't know I like fart cinema yeah uh, and then the last one here, mm-hmm. this here is a, uh, amicus number, the house that dripped blood. Is that, was it good? It's not too bad. It's Tell uh, me about it. You know, you know what those horror anthologies are like? Those portmanteaus? Mm-hmm. This is one of those. Oh. Uh, so it's, it was a bunch of short stories. Um, mm-hmm. you got, you got your Christopher Lee, you got your Peter Cushing all showing up. You're all the favorites. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. So the, the framing device of this is that like people keep moving into this house and then they're dying and there's a police investigation. Um, and they're like, what happens is like each time, like someone tells a story about like what happened to the fifth last person that stayed here. They tell this ridiculous story about like, I don't know, uh, this Peter Cushing moved in to try to get over like an old relationship. And then this guy that like him and uh, Peter Cushing were both like after the same foxy lady and then neither of them wound up with her and then their relationship was ruined by it. Uh, They start going to like a wax museum and then they see this woman that reminds uh, them of her and they're like both obsessing about her and then they Mm -hmm. wind up getting decapitated by the crazy wax museum owner. (laughs) And then like the the, the cut scene of like the final reveal of Peter Cushing's head on a plate is like the police detective like with his hands or his head in his hands being like, what? And then you get to the next story and it's like some other ridiculous thing, but like an actor who plays like, uh, uh, he plays a lot of Dracula in movies and like, it's Mm -hmm. kind of like kind of tongue in cheek. And then he gets a cape from like a real vampire that turns him into a vampire. Uh, and it's like, what? Come on. And it's, it's kind of goofy. Um, but it's like the right balance of those. As far as like horror anthologies go, uh, I thought this one was decent, pretty okay. Um, I'd have to, I, I have that, there's an amicus box that came out last year and I bought it and I haven't watched any of it. And I think it just went out of print too. So I'm glad I bought it. But uh, most of them would be rewatches for me. They got some, like, they're always like, kind of like not super serious. They're not going to, uh, as some say, blow your dick off. Uh, they're, 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 they're no nightmares. That's for sure. And they're not even as good as uh, that recent one Southbound that I watched. Uh, and I, I talked about in a previous Google school, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. In fact, right now I'm looking over my uh, horror anthologies that I've watched and trying to decide which is the best one I've seen. It's tough, man. You know, it's you know which one's not in that list. Quite an. Oh, you mean quite long? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That movie's not that good. No, People I gotta I, say I, I, though. It's gotta get my dig in it. Gotta get my dig in. Uh, man, you know what? On the whole, there's a whole lot of weakness. Who's on, whole? On the whole. Oh, okay. With a W. Weak, weakness on what? On weakness. A lot of weakness here. There's like no hmm. four-star anthologies. 
Hmm. Not, like not one. Hmm. Oh, well, that's not, not true. Until you make yours. That's not true. Spirits of the Dead. Oh, the fart movie. Yeah. By Federico the Fart. Yeah, who will be discussed in a few days. Allegedly. Yeah. All right, that's it for me. That was like my hodgepodge. Back to you, sir. Jared, I'm going to hit you with some alien movies. Oh, fuck off. <sighs> do you know how many? How many? Seven. No. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Because you know what? I'm going to blow through some of these fuckers. You want to hear about Hobgoblins 1 and 2? Hobgoblins 1 and 2 are piece of shit movies <laughs> made by this guy named Rick Sloan, who also did this thing called Blood Theater and Vice Academy, which I guess is a ripoff of Police Academy with sexy babes. I might check this out, actually. Uh, anyways, uh, this Hobgoblins movie is real shit. Um, yeah, I think I've heard it's always like it's like the worst of the Gremlins knockoffs. So it's really weird. I think the reason I heard about this, which I got to say, for all the good things that he's brought me, He's brought me a lot of shit this year. Uh, in James Rolfe from Cinemassacre, he's introduced me to a lot of good movies. But this year alone, he there's movies I've watched where I'm just like, this is just garbage. And they've been popping up from... They were from him. I believe Hobgoblins was on his Monster Madness last year. So Hobgoblins 1 is an 80s movie. Uh, also, I think just this was also put out by Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, it's it, it doesn't... It doesn't need to be re-released. I watched both of these, Jared, on yeah. YouTube. And so, okay, Hobgoblins one. It's like there's this guy protecting this like bank seller and in the seller of Hobgoblins. And they're like kind of – he explains it as they were crashed aliens. But then in Hobgoblins 2, it gets elaborated that the Hobgoblins only exist if you believe in them. So it's like this weird thing where it's like they're kind of aliens. They're kind of just made up things that your belief in them make them real. It doesn't matter. They're just it's a really shitty gremlins knockoff. uh, And there's no redeeming qualities of these movies. The only good thing in Hobgoblins one, there's this character like so the whole movie is about this group of kids and there's one character who like is trying to impress his girlfriend and his girlfriend's like you're not a man i don't respect you and then you have another guy who's like he's calling sex lines all the time it's like 1-800-CLUB-SCUM or like skag uh, i put that on my uh twitter it's like 1-800-SKAG and i was like ugh, that's gross so that was kind of funny so you have this like sex pervert uh but it doesn't get utilized enough um, it just it just doesn't, Jarrett. And then the Hobgoblins two is even worse, where it's like the same old old ass guy from Hobgoblins one when he was a kid. He's in Hobgoblins two, thirty years later, or twenty years later, I guess. And uh, what the fuck? Is it? That that story follows shitty people. But in that thing, they're watching them in that movie. They're watching a movie, and it's called like Chainsaw Chicks, and it's like two like beefy girls fighting with chainsaws. And I was like, that looks way better than the horse shit I'm watching right now. So uh, I don't know. I don't know why Hobgoblins gets love. It's a, they're I don't both think it does. shitty. I don't know. Well, I've seen them. Like it's popped up for me to have uh, taken notice of it. My Aliens movies list has. Over like almost 800 alien movies in it. For those ones to pop up, someone would have been talking about it. 
Mm. I don't know where my ads come from, but anyways. <laughs> you want to hear about Alien Beach Party Massacre? No. So this is from the 90s, Jarrett. Uh, this movie is just a real low-budget shit movie. It's got some cool stuff. Uh, so it's about aliens who crash on Earth, and they have this thing called the murder sphere or the death sphere or something, and other aliens are hunting them, and they crash on crash on a beach at a party, and like the alien gets brought into the party life because they think he's a normal guy. You know, that fun stuff. Uh, this movie has very little uh, beaches, or very little beach parties, and it has very little alien massacres, uh, so it's kind of lame. Uh, it's got some cool stuff, like uh, there's crossbow shots to the dick. Uh, this thing, there's one thing you would like. Uh, there's a guy getting fellatio, and the head gets decapitated while it's happening. So I know you're big on stuff like that. It's just like uh, a Thanksgiving. Yeah, kind of. Or Thanksgiving. Um, whatever it is. Be confused with the one with the uh, killer turkey. Whatever it is. The Eli Roth trailer. There we go. Sure. Uh, and then you have like, uh, you have a scientist guy who like never dies. Like his arm blows off and he's like, I'm okay. And then he gets like stabbed through the heart and he's like, I'm okay still. And then both of his legs get cut off and he's like, right, I'm okay guys. And like, that's kind of funny. Python-esque. Uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, but on the whole, this is just another shit movie. And a good example of why it's shit is in the, f- one of the first scenes you have a guy who in real life throws a cat and I was just like, fuck this movie. <laughs> fuck these people. I hate you. So that movie sucks too. You want to hear about another alien movie that sucks? God, no. Extraterrestrial Visitors from 83, which is a Jarrett pick. No, it's not. Because I asked you for if you had a movie called The Visitors, and you gave me Extraterrestrial Visitors. So I watched it. Uh, this is a movie. It's an E.T. ripoff about a little boy who finds aliens. They have long snouts. Uh, apparently, this movie is really popular because it was like a mystery science theater thing. Yeah. I've mentioned many times I don't like mystery science theater. From, I don't like. From director J.P. Simon, director of Pieces and Slugs. And Slugs, that's right. And Cthulhu that's right. Mansion. So this movie is like. There's not even anything that bad about it. It's just it's just a like a boring ass movie. Kid finds an alien, alien does a few things, none of it's really interesting. Alien goes away. That's all this movie is about. It's fine. And I'm not gonna linger on it. So there. So you wanna hear about without warning, Jared? I'm blowing through these bad boys. Good. Uh yeah, you can tell me about how without warning is really disappointing. It is. It's super disappointing. I know. So here's a movie that has uh, Jack Palance and fucking Martin Landau. Uh, this movie is all about hunting uh, and eight humans becoming the hunted. Whoa, by I love – and what about Arnold Schwarzenegger? He's pretty cool in that movie, right? It's not uh, It's not Predator. But it's, it's, it's not Predator. Oh. When did Predator come out? Uh, I think it came out after this. Well, there you go. Predator took the good parts of Without Warning and made, and made it better. So Without Warning, you have kids going out camping and they encounter... Uh, this movie has flying death mouths. Yes. Mouths. Uh, so this alien throws these things. They're like ninja stars, but it's like a little alien mouth with teeth. And it just like sucks. It like bites on a guy and eats them. It's pretty cool. Uh, so you have an alien that's just hunting humans in the woods. 
pretty cool. The, the, alien, have, uh, the alien's pretty cool too. The alien does look awesome. Yeah. He looks super rad. You have Martin Landau who's seen the alien, but nobody believes him. Uh, and then you have uh, Jack Palance who is a hunter of his own. And you think he's like a shitty hunter, but he's actually really nice. He's got a little family of uh, Long Evans rats and he like is nurturing them. And I thought that was super sweet. I was like, good for you. Good, good, good for you, Jack Palance. Curly in your gold. Um, yeah, so like what happens is this alien's hunting people and then Jack Palance goes out there to hunt the alien. It's a pretty neat idea. Uh, the alien looks cool. The little mouths are pretty cool. But uh, this movie's again, it's just pretty boring. Hmm. It's just a lot of boring movies, Jarrett. Yeah, you should really give up this alien shit. It's not aliens that's the problem. It's humans making shitty movies. Yeah, it's not aliens that are the problem, okay? It's you. It's you. Okay, I got two more. From our buddy JC, you ever heard of Village of the Damned? Uh, Yeah, I, I saw this bad boy in theater. Really? Yeah, I did. So, spoiler, this is an alien movie. Uh, Village of the Dam, I, Damned, I actually think is like pretty super cool uh you've seen I like the original it. right no i haven't oh dude why I, it's already it ruined it for myself fuck that movie, well, it doesn't know actually the movie's like i've i'd seen the remake before of the original and uh mm-hmm. I, I, who gives a shit because it's whatever we'll, we'll, you'll talk about it but the original movie is actually really good so i think this has moments of goodness uh john carpenter is a good guy he's got cool little flares uh, there's cool parts in this movie. Uh, a town, everyone in the town passes out and then wakes up like an hour later. And then every woman in the town is pregnant. And then a year later, they all give birth to these like white haired kids who all talk in unison and walk together and they can control stuff with their mind. Uh, that's all really good. I think this movie is actually like not bad. It's got pretty good cast. It's got like Christopher Reeve. Mark Hamill, your buddy, the guy you think is an amazing actor. He's in this thing as the priest. Uh, as the, priest. Uh, the worst part about this movie, Jared, is Kirstie Alley. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck, she's bad. Uh, she's just, everything about her is bad. She's a bad actress. She, she's a bad person. She's a woman. She's a woman. She's totally miscast in this. She's like playing this uh like covert secret government lady but then like <laughs> she's like it, it doesn't fit at all it's like that's not believable for kirsty alley what is this uh anyways i thought this movie was like really cool until all that sh- like she came along and i was like i'm not on board with this anymore because she's so miscast that it really pulls you out of it, it really pulls you out of it jared anyways you want to hear about night beast uh yeah fuck guess what yeah. night beast fucks yeah i, I know you're, tr- you're trying to get that over hey i'm getting over it uh this is my last alien movie of the month uh this is a jared pick he recommended night beast this is from our buddy don doler our close personal friend don doler who brought us uh, dead <laughs> yeah uh the alien factor uh you've talked about night beast before so i won't i won't linger uh night beast is a super good movie i like it a lot it's also like it, predator kind of yeah alien crashes and then just fucking kills just full on goes after a bunch of dudes he it's looks awesome. awesome he kills people real like messily 
Yeah. Like people hiding out in basements in their house. Well, Night Beast tries to kill them. Just they try awesome. to electrocute him and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good, good time, Night Beast. It is a good time. Yeah, so Night Beast is a good show. Anyways, that's all the Alien movies I watched. And, uh, there you go. Oh, I feel like I need to have a nap after that. You might need to. I might need to. Um, what do I want to hit now? I'm getting down there. I'm, we've whittled some stuff down. There's some stuff I'm not going to talk about anymore. So mm-hmm. uh, let's see here. Let's talk about a couple of new ones I watched. Okay. RJ, do you know about Mom and Dad? Oh, is that Nick Cage? Nick Cage from the director of Crank. Hmm. One of the, or one of the directors of Crank. So Mom and Dad, this Nick Cage number with, uh, what's her name, recently diagnosed with MS, Selma Blair. And mm. uh, this is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And the concept is actually pretty good. Uh, it's about, do you know the concept at all? Do you know what this is? Something about, about parents wanting to kill their kids? Yeah, so some sort of virus hits a town, a, a suburb, and like, yeah, parents want to kill their own children. Uh, there's sort of like this like really heavy handed uh, <clears throat> signaling. Uh, so, what is so, it? What do you so, mean so, signaling? Social messaging, whatever mm. the fuck, about uh, obsolescence. Like there's like a lot of things where like television screens are showing static, which isn't a thing anymore. But it seems like mm-hmm. that seems to like spread this triggering of parents wanting to kill their own children all of a sudden because mm-hmm. they don't want to be obsolete. They don't want to be obsolete, obsolescent. And uh, yeah, so this movie... It's like a zombie thing almost where like one moment your parents are fine and then the next they're trying to kill you violently. And once they do, mm-hmm. once they do that, they don't think they've done anything wrong and they just move, they go about their day. Um, this is a story about Nick Cage and Selma Blair, their parents, and they got two kids. And uh, the first hour is like it, everything's happening. And then, but the, that particular parent and children pair don't get together to like halfway through the movie. So you get to mm-hmm. see all this mayhem, but it's all set to like ironic use of like happy music to violence mm-hmm. in the most like shitty, obvious ways imaginable. It's like a lot of the time this movie reminded me of like if Michael Bay made a horror movie and mm-hmm. Michael Bay, like just like had found a book and was reading about irony and went, Oh, irony. Cool. And then he like mm-hmm. decided to do that. And there's like no, like, subtlety whatsoever to it and there's no money because the mo- this movie is like fairly like cheaply made like low budget because they put all their money into getting these big name actors because mm-hmm. again the idea of this is like very appealing to me but the execution on every front is just dog shit the writing's bad the execution of every like beat of it and exploration of this idea is like really heavy handed um it really doesn't even start getting watchable for me. Like I was ready to turn this off multiple times. Like it just annoyed the shit out of me the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys, these, these crank dudes, they, they <laughs> are the worst uh, for me. They're just not my guys, but uh, I don't know. There's like a couple scenes where it's like, you could almost feel the real movie that's coming through, but then there's mm-hmm. like stuff you're like, oh, well, wouldn't this be a way to find out like, oh, like obvious things where it's like, oh, the dad's actually not the father to these kids. And that's how he finds out because he doesn't want to kill them. And you're like, oh, I got cucked out. Like I was expecting some stuff like that to happen, but they mm-hmm. don't even go down that road, which I guess would be obvious. And they're just exploring the straight up idea. Uh, there's like some like, scenes where you're like, oh, like a uh, dad trying to kill his son. 
but it's like so late in the game that like they've already done all the comedy bits of like again the irony of like mm-hmm. parents killing their kids which is like you know that's you can't do that that's so taboo but then they get to like a scene where like a a son's being cornered by his dad and he says like he, he of course the son doesn't realize the danger he's in and he's like dad not again and you're like oh see because he was being beat by his dad oh mm. you're just like oh come on it's just like just take that out of your script don't so don't, you liked it no no you should have watched knowing dude <laughs> you you if you if honestly if you had just asked me what to watch all month, you would have had such a good time. Yeah. Uh, also on Netflix, but I actually own this on Blu-ray, uh, The mm. Endless. So this, oh, yeah. This is the follow-up film by whatever, Benson and Moorhead uh, mm-hmm. from Spring, which is a movie I liked quite a bit. Uh, and this Endless on paper is another movie where I'm like, whoa, this movie sounds like it's made for me and should be like absolutely amazing. It's about two brothers who apparently escaped from a cult some years ago and Mm -hmm. uh, they decided to go back. It's not like a movie Satan cult that like shouldn't exist. It's kind of like, oh, it's like a kind of like a Heaven's Gate Jonestown type of thing where it's like, oh, there's just Mm -hmm. a bunch of people that live out in the middle of nowhere. They might be a doomsday cult. It's hard to say. Um, they, they seem really nice and smiley and they're not like doing anything. They're not like a militia building up like a gun, like cash or anything like that. They're just like living off the land and happy and making their own food and such. So they drive back out and you start meeting all these people again. And like, they're like, is there something missing? There's information that's not there. There's, there's the weird, like kind of like rock formations that are growing and stuff like that. There's something going on with the sky. There's some sort of, uh, weird um, abnormalities with time and space happening. Uh, mm. And then the movie actually like really kind of ties back into their first movie, um, Resolution, Resolute, uh, which I don't know if you've seen yet or not. Um, and it, like, which I wasn't expecting. And it's been a while since I'd seen that movie. Like I watched that like fairly close to when it came out uh, several years ago. So I was like, oh, wait, I don't really remember much about this movie. Um, so endless, I don't know. It kind of disappointed me because it wasn't, it didn't go where I wanted it to. So maybe that was more on me. Maybe this movie will be better on a rewatch. Cause I, I mean, I really liked spring. I thought spring like did, was like, did an excellent job of, uh, setting out and doing the story that it wanted to again mm-hmm. with like very little money. This though, I don't know. There's some technical stuff like with the camera work and like kind of digital effects they were doing that like made more sense as you went along with it, but still kind of felt clunky too much drone footage, uh, mm. which again is like going to really mar this entire era of film. Like, 20 years from now, when we watch this stuff, we're going to be like, oh, this is so bad. Like, cause it, it doesn't look good now. So I can only imagine how crappy it's going to look. But again, mm-hmm. there'll be some people who are like, oh man, I love the aesthetic of it. I love the taste of it. And you're just like, okay. So yeah, I was kind of bummed out that uh, Endless did not live up to my hopes and dreams. I heard uh, people don't like your aesthetic. Uh, that's impossible. I have excellent aesthetics. Aesthetics. <laughs> Is that what you meant? Yep. I'm gonna walk it back a little bit. I'm gonna step talk about some low res movies. Low fi. I got this one here. It's called Blood Lake. There's people, RJ. They hate this fucking thing. They why? Because it's like 
boring and shitty and it's like a home video and doesn't make and it's just a drag. Mm. Because of those reasons, I kind of like this movie. Kind of. It's not mm. it's not good and I wouldn't go out of my way in any way to recommend it. Uh so this movie uh it is a slasher that was shot on camcorders and for the first hour or so it very much resembles like your home videos. It's like a mm. bunch of friends and family going out to a like cabin in like Oklahoma. So once again, kind of on the plains. So this feels really like close to home. Uh, Cause there's a whole strip of North America that just looks the same, no matter how far you travel for thousands of miles, it always looks the same. It could be any place, anywhere, some rural road. Uh, this is just a bunch of like young kids with their like younger siblings and whatever, going out to have, you know, drink beer, hang out on the lake, have fun. And the first hour of this movie, it's just that. Just, like, film footage of them, like, sitting around, like, the cabin table, talking, drinking beer, and chatting. And then them going out on the skidoo and driving, going around and in the, wading around in the water and pushing each other in the water and having fun. Like, nothing happens. And then there's, like, this backdrop of this, like, big, beardy, angry bastard who's, like, a killer who's going to kill them. But that takes a very long time to get there. Um and when they get when it gets there it just turns into like, oh yeah, it's like a like a shot on video like no budget slasher movie. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I didn't mind watching it. Like I found it fairly like weirdly easy to watch, but like I am a I am a weirdo and this is maybe where people don't like my aesthetic. Is like I can watch like home video and I find it really interesting. I like seeing these like mulleted kids in bold cuts and these people like living their life the way they are. And uh I see people yeah. really like dump hard on this movie. Um, and I'm kind of like, why do they hate this more than other ones? And I'm kind of like, I, in my review on Letterboxd, I kind of made this comment about like this idea of like people just like making a movie and like how they probably had a lot of fun making it at the time. And it's like, well, the fact that this got distributed and is still being watched now, this thing's on YouTube, I do believe as well. Um, mm. and anyone can watch it. And like, I'm sure these people would look back at it and be like, oh man, look how like young and beautiful I was. And now I'm like old and I don't have time to do anything like this. And I'm really glad I did this rather than nothing where, and no one will remember me at all. And I don't know if that's like a defense. Cause I mean, I shit on movies all day long and I could like apply the same like mindset to like, but big, budget movies but to me this is like something that like uh, a bunch of people made themselves and like it's like essentially like a home video uh that got distributed as this horror movie to cash in on the fact that people like love slashers um and this one's like not good but i kind of like this idea of it and uh i'm glad it exists um mm-hmm. would i say rj should definitely check this out no there's like about 10 other like shot on video movies i'd say you should watch before this like video violence video violence actually resembles like a real movie and kind of makes sense uh, Hell yeah, thing. baby! But uh, yeah, blood like it's like I don't know. It seems like people really want to hate on this more than they should. Hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of video violence, I watched Video Violence too. And really, I didn't know you did that. I did, and it's not as good. Not as um... good. It it uh it's very extended. So uh, tell me his, more. Well, so what's his name? Bad guy from the first one. Creepy dude. Uh, oh, Eli. Eli. So Eli and his buddy, yeah. they have a talk show. Oh. 
and they the whole thing is like them doing this talk show for like pretty well the whole thing and mm-hmm. what it is it, it intercuts with them like showing like various footage that they've shot themselves or footage that people have sent in um it just misses the mark of what made the first video of violence great um this is just like one extended joke mm. uh, yeah it kind of it was a bummer I don't want to hear it. Yeah, uh, Gary Cohen reappears. Gary Coleman, Cohen, the director oh. of Video Violence. He, he was the like the video store owner who uh, gets oh. killed at the end of the first one. He kind of comes back. Gary Cohen. Gary Cohen, the one and only. Well, that's a super bummer, and I wish you didn't tell me that. Hey. I'm gonna watch it regardless, but mm, just watch Video Violence again. Watch The Vampire Takes His Bride. We actually get the sequel to The Vampire Takes a Bride in mm. Video Violence too. Um, I will watch a Video Violence again. How do you like that? Uh, I like it just fine. I also watched uh, his other film, Mama's Home, a.k.a. Oh. Captivity. Tell me about that. Boring. Mm. It's boring. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a home. In, it's like kind of like a, it has this vibe of like Last House on the Left. And mm-hmm. also has bits so you're like, oh, is this going to get all rapey and weird? But it doesn't, which is good. That's good. But it's just like, it's long. It's sh- like a schlubby movie. It doesn't have, the cr- again, the crispness that we come to expect after seeing video violence. Mm. That's a real, I'm all about crisp. That, that's a real gem right there is that video violence. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Let's see here. Oh, and hey, I'll talk about bone sickness. <laughs> so Ooh, that sounds really good. Bone sickness. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, from director Brian Poland, who uh, directed mm-hmm. the film Cryptic Plasm, which I talked about mm-hmm. several months ago on the Criterion Creeps uh, uh, regular podcast. Uh, this film got brought up in the new Fangoria magazine in uh, S. Craig Zoller's article about like unseen horror that people should check out and i was like hey i know this brian Pollen guy already what's this bone sickness about so i uh I, I found... <laughs> what's all this bone sickness about so i found some screen caps of it and i went oh yeah so mm-hmm. this is about a lady who's trying to help her husband who's got a bone sickness get better using um uh home remedies and mm-hmm. like she's getting these home remedies from a real sketchy looking dude uh, who's just like making stuff in his house from corpses. And Ooh, then, uh, yep, what happens is there's like lots of maggots involved and it's like some of the wrong type of necrotic stuff gets into this home remedy and the mm. husband winds up turning into a zombie. And then soon enough, RJ, we got ourselves a zombie epidemic going on. What kind? The worst kind. Oh, shit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so just, like, it's a slow build. Lots of people just hanging out in living rooms. Uh, some tasteful nudity. Uh, lots of real people. This is from mid-2000s. And uh, it's very American mid-2000s. Th- that, that those types of body types. Very real. Mm. Earthy. Uh, Earthy. Wow. Earthy, yeah. And uh, I don't know. This movie, like, kind of sucked. But... When the it's just like cryptic plasm. When that gore starts coming, when it starts cascading down, it, mm-hmm. it, it gets real good. And it's like, yeah, I would watch this again. I would say people should check out Bone Sickness if they're into like weird, gruesome, like 
jarring shot on video. It's not even shot on video. It's like mini DV shot on video. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like these are obscure. Like they're all off of, uh, I think there's, there's like the imprint called Unearthed Films. And they kind of specialize in these like gruesome, gory, shitty horror movies. But Brian Paulin is definitely like the, uh, the creme de la creme of this uh, particular type of filmmaking. He has another film that I didn't get a chance to get into called fetus um so oh, that's, I'm, that's good yeah I'm, I'm excited about that i mean bone sickness like it, it really uh got that heaping servant of maggots down so now i'm like ooh, ooh. fetus what's that all gonna be about but uh mm. yeah that's that's a couple more movies from me back to you all right jared i'm gonna hit you with some hot shit because we've been already talking for like f- what seems like days yeah days and days uh so i watched this movie called the visitors from the 80s it's a Swedish film. Uh, I watched it on YouTube, and it had a Spanish dub. And uh, my browser did auto-translate to English close captioning. So uh, this was a pretty unique viewing for me, I'd say. Uh, this movie popped up a, uh, just a ton from people I know of this like really underrated horror like ghost story. Uh, it's Poltergeist uh, fanfare. It's just a ripoff. Uh, you have a family move into a house. There's spooky stuff, but the spooky stuff is really lame. Like mm. the guy goes in the attic and there's footprints in the dust. And he's like, oh my God, we got to get out of this house. There's a footprint in the dust. Like that's the whole movie. So it's it's kind of super lame. Mm. Uh, I don't know what anyone was talking about. This movie's got like four star ratings off the chart, and I can only assume it's because nobody has seen it. <laughs> uh, it sucks. It sucks, Jared. The Visitors is a bad movie. I don't know what people are talking about. Okay. And I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. You know what else is a bad movie? What? Burial of the Rats. <sighs> wow. So this is uh, directed by a guy who made some like cowboy pornos. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Okay, yeah, that's porn too. So he's got pornos like Hidden Beauties, Dungeons of Ecstasy, Timegate, Tales of Saddle Tramps. This guy makes porn. <laughs> Whoa. The reason I watched this thing is because uh, it was written by uh, the lady who wrote um, Not Like Us, that alien movie that I thought was amazing. Uh, she wrote Bur- Burial of the Rats also. This is like... Uh, who do they even say it's it's someone like edgar Allan poe some horseshit oh and bram stoker it's a bram stoker story it's about like this tribe of women who live off the grid and uh their leader is like a pied piper who has a pipe that controls rats uh and they're like fighting the man uh, i was on board with a lot of this movie it's got like all the ladies wear like like skimpy underwear and i was like "Ooh, that's cool and they're like taking it against the man they're just like killing every man they see indiscriminately and i was like "Ooh, that's cool uh what i didn't like jared was the uh the amazingly un- unbridled animal cruelty in this against uh my rat brethren's it's called burial of the rats yeah 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 i i understand uh, but yeah, a lot of rats got wasted in this bad boy and, uh, I feel bad for them. And, uh, honestly, even without that, uh, a completely objective, non-biased view, non-animal biased view, there's just, it's, it's just a shitty movie. It's like an old nineties movie about, uh, about nothing. 
Mm. It's a movie about nothing, Jared. Cool. Hey, you want you want to hear about Jewish golems? You know what I want to hear about? What? I want to hear about another film that involves rats and animal cruelty. Which one? Inferno. Oh, you want to hear about Inferno? Yeah, I do. Fuck. Okay. So I watched Inferno by Dario Argento. This is uh, the alleged second movie of some kind of Suspiria uh, Three Sisters trilogy, which I feel like I heard about after I watched Tenebre. And someone's like, uh, oh, why didn't you watch Inferno first? I was like, why? Huh? And it was like, oh, it's a trilogy. I was like, what? It's Inferno is more connected to Suspiria. Yeah, and then there's Mother of Tears. But in Tenebre has nothing to do with Tenebra either of them. has nothing to do with either of those films. Tenebre has nothing to do with either of them. So Inferno is this kind of like, it's a cool idea about a lady who's trying to, or about a group of ladies that individually are trying to track down this story about like the three mothers. Yeah. Uh, it's like a witch cult thing. Yeah. And Suspiria and then Inferno yeah. and then Mother, Mother of Tears. Yeah, Mother of Tears. There you yeah. go. So this movie is like a meta movie about, women trying to discover that story. Uh, it's got classic Argento stuff, uh, amazing color, uh, wicked shots and sets. That underwater that, scene? That underwater scene is super cool. You know, a lady just finds a little pool of water and she's like, uh-oh, and she jumps into it and it's a whole underwater world. That's pretty rad. It's pretty real rad. Uh, I was on board with this movie full steam until about an hour in. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you, Jared. After I saw what was going on, I fast forward this at five times speed and I finished the last hour in about five minutes because uh, I just didn't care anymore. So this movie was really cool until there's a scene where a lady uh, gets about 30 real live cats thrown at her uh, because I guess it's like real cool and edgy and it's like, oh man, isn't that shit fucked up look at these cats they're evil cats man uh no it's real people throwing cats at a lady from off screen and it's i was watching it in fast forward and it was still like a minute long so i don't know my guess was 30 cats it could have been more it could have could have been less i don't (laughs) think so but it was at least like 30 cats. Uh, and then you have a scene where a guy's jamming cats in a bag. <laughs> There's really like 20 cats in that bag. No. And he goes to drown them in a river. And then there's a bunch of rats there. Yeah. And he starts. Uh, I'm honestly, I, I was fast forwarding. I saw that he was hitting rats and I, would, I just fast forwarded through it. And they eat him. The rats eat was, him. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they do. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm sick of this shit. These lax Italian animal cruelty laws, this gross sex pervert Dario Argento <laughs> with fucking no like no sympathy for animals at all. He just wants to film scenes where Asia Argento, his daughter, is being raped by him. <laughs> Fuck you, Dario Argento. <laughs> but that music pervert. isn't that music awesome though? Yeah, the music is awesome. Yeah. The music is awesome. It looks great. But then there's all this gross shit in there. It's like, I don't want to see real live cats being thrown at people. Oh, kitties. Yeah, it sucks. It's all fun. It's all fun, RJ. It's not fun. Yeah. Argento sucks. The cats are getting fed. And he's a gross pervert. (laughs) You know he is. (laughs) That Stendhal syndrome story. That movie's greasy. 
That's so gross. You're a gross pervert, Dario Argento. Whatever. I don't care if you made Phenomena, one of the coolest movies ever. It's Suspiria. It's Suspiria. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. He sucks. I'm going to burn through some more. I don't give a shit. Do it. You want to hear about Michael Mann's horror movie, The Keep? Yeah. Yeah, so I watched The Keep. The Keep's pretty cool. Uh, I take this as like the Jewish Gollum version of X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, so you have like a group of Nazis that find this Jewish uh, mountain side temple. And it's it's got all this religious artifacts like silver crosses. And it's it's very clear that it is a prison for something. But the Nazis are like, we don't care. We only we only want treasure. That's how Nazis talk. Uh, and they uh, open it up and they let out this beast, this evil. And it is this really cool thing that you see in like three different forms as he's like materializing based on the souls that he steals. Uh, and that's awesome. Uh, this movie's got a super high quality cast. Ian McKellen is there. Jurgen Prochnov is there. Fuck now. Yeah, uh, Gabriel uh, Byrne, who if you had watched Hereditary, we could have talked about, but you didn't. Uh, he's in there too, and uh, even Scott Glenn. Yeah, that guy, that old guy. Mm-hmm. He's in there. Uh, the Keep is pretty cool. All the scenes with the monster are awesome. Ian McKellen is awesome. Uh, but this movie's got stuff that is like, I don't, I don't need to see Scott Glenn in a sex scene for like 10 minutes. I don't. That's Michael. That's uh, Michael Mann's style, though. That, that, sure. That, that's his fuck style. That's his fuck style. Well, it was. That was a little much for me, but uh, I did. The music in this movie is awesome. The visuals are like the visuals goddamn are amazing. Awesome. Uh, this movie's got a ton of really great stuff, but uh, I don't know what it is. It just it it doesn't all work. It doesn't all come together. Yeah. So it's not it's not like a great movie. Yeah, yeah this is for, uh, it's got great parts. Yeah, this is Michael Mann's first uh, big deal movie too. This is his feature debut, making a piece of shit horror movie that he like wants nothing to do with. And like, I guess he gets like like horror fans are like, when's it coming out? When's it coming on Blu-ray? And he's just like, fuck, who, I don't care. Like apparently, like they were worse. Uh, Paramount owns this and they are working on it and then like something happened like somebody's hard drive crashed and they lost all this work and it was just like we're done and mm-hmm. so this movie will continue like to not really be available uh, commercially and it's like there's a director's cut of it too that exists mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it's just not coming but it's unfortunate because like I, this movie is just like I remember when I watched it for the first time a couple of years ago I was like man this movie's like amazing to look at like, that's all I care about with this thing it just looks so good mm-hmm yeah. yeah, it keeps awesome. Looks cool. Sounds cool. It's got great parts. It's just, it's not, it's not great. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to hit you with one more. Okay. Uh, so I watched a Jarrett pick, a legitimate Jarrett pick. Oh, I like those. Uh, as above, so below. Uh-huh. This was an unsolicited watch for me. It was put into my, uh, my care pack of yeah. uh, Creeptober picks. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't ask for this, but you gave it to me regardless. Uh, I remember you watched this uh, like a year or two ago and you were amazed by how it was this movie that people shit on and then you went into it. You're like, this movie's pretty good actually. Yeah. Uh, So this movie is about some treasure hunters who are looking for the Philosopher's Stone from Nicholas Flamel. Some real Harry Potter shit. 
Uh, and it brings their treasure hunt brings them to the catacombs under France. Yep. And they're like di- digging deep through this labyrinth of like uh, tunnels and close walls, bones, cemeteries, ghosts, you, ghouls. You got to mention this is a found footage esque affair. This is this is found footage. Uh, and I saw your review, and I agree with you. Um, I think this would. In a big theater, it might be like hard to watch, yeah. but at home, I was cool with it, and I think it actually really worked with the, uh, like, what the what the movie is about. It really captures like that claustrophobia and, um, even like just like the what they're tr- like the ideas they're they're trying to explain in this movie. I think it really worked, but it was way better at home. Yeah, way yeah, yeah, I was sitting on my couch by myself, and uh, I thought it was cool. So yeah, in a theater, it would probably be kind of shitty. Um, I don't know. There, there's a lot to like in this movie. It's got. It actually has some pretty awesome visuals. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there's the one part in the uh, they're in the catacombs, and they turn a corner, and there's a car, and there's just a fire <laughs> yeah. in the car. Awesome, that awesome. seems awesome. Yeah. There's a scene where they turn a corner, and there's like a hooded figure in a chair. Uh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. It, this movie has wicked cool visuals and this is a light spoiler, but, uh, it's, I, I don't think it matters, but, um, I really loved that their like depiction of hell was like this cyclical labyrinth of like guilt ridden stuff where it was all the characters that were down there were going through like things that they feel bad about or things that they like regret. And it was just like constantly coming at them. Yeah. Because that's what it's like, you know, they're, everyone's got shit that they're just like, man, I think about that all the time. I hate that that happened. I wish I could do it different. And then this movie's like, hey, you know, all that stuff that you like think about all the time that you wish you could do different. We're going to we're going to throw it at you in real life. Like every time you turn around mm-hmm. and it's just going to be there no matter what you think or like no matter what you do. Yeah. So uh, I, I thought that was really cool. Uh, it is a good show. I agree with you. This yeah. is a, a super underrated movie. Yeah, this movie like checks so many of my boxes too. Of like, I love like corridor horror. This idea of like mm-hmm. going into like a sort of a labyrinthy maze, and this idea of like uh, just like things happen in corridors, and like things are coming down corridors, and it's like isolated, kind of claustrophobic stuff. I'm like, oh, I wish more movies like this exist because it's so obvious. <laughs> like to me, like these are weird, freaky kind of things, and it's like, why don't they make movies like this more often? Because they don't. They never make movies like this. But then yep. of course, when they do, people shit on them hard. Like half yeah. half a star, one star and i'm like what like i don't know i find that like listening to other people is just so dumb no don't listen to other people because they're always they're idiots and so i don't know it leads you astray because then you see people Mm -hmm. like uh i don't know whatever Um, yeah no it's it's uh it's pretty good show jerry yeah good pretty good show i'm glad you enjoyed it yeah okay rj this is gonna be my home stretch then you can hit it then you can take us home all right. All right. So I'll talk about the few movies I watched uh, on Halloween night itself, mm-hmm. and then I'll talk about the best movie I watched all month. <gasps> so first up, Bloodthirsty Butchers. This is Andy Milligan, uh, this guy who lived in Staten Island making piece of shit weird, like mm-hmm. period piece horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know. I thought, well... 
I watched that movie Seeds that I talked about a few months ago that I thought was kind of cool in a John Waters kind of way. And I was like, well, I'll give this Bloodthirsty Butchers a try. Why not? It's Halloween. And I had this on. This movie's like 77 minutes long, and it's like one of the longest movies I've ever seen in my life. It is so fucking long. You never know like what scene is followed, which like, it's just, it's like a Sweeney Todd movie is what it's supposed to be. (laughs) But it's just like, who cares? Who are these like fucking people? Sideburns all their like bad British accents. And they're just like always like shot making out from the same angle in the same rooms over and over and over again. And then every once in a while, (laughs) making out over and over again. Yeah. Like it's just like, and it's like always like the same shot like it's like the same angle of them doing this handheld and like they kind of do like a Dutch can angle and following them around as they're like making out but just Mm -hmm. who cares and then they argue and they're all like hateful annoying people and then every once in a while there's a butchering that happens and people get killed and it's just like oh who cares this sucks it's so boring (laughs) it just wouldn't end so not a uh, good second outing with Andy Milligan there's the previous one that I've watched his most well-regarded horror movie, the ghastly ones. And it was like the exact same thing. I got like 10 minutes into it and I was just like, I can't do this. It's like mm-hmm. every, every shot's like too close. Even it's like, even though it's supposed to be a medium shot, it's too zoomed in and everyone's like talking over one another. And it's like d- dime store, like Victorian costumes and just ugh, terrible. I don't know. It, it, this is tough stuff. I don't know. So you liked it? Yeah. I loved it. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, and there's like more of these things like torch, dun- Torture Dungeon, uh, some other, like he, he made movies up to the 80s, one called Monstrosity and stuff, Surgikill. And uh, I don't know, I, I wish that I liked this stuff more, but it's tough. Uh, then I watched, or at least attempted to watch, this film called Deadwood Park. So this is a that movie. Sounds cool. Yeah. So this is a movie that came to my attention because uh, I would, you know, you go on Letterbox and you're kind of like, hmm, I'm going to click on genre horror. I'm going to look at highest rated films in descending order. So you look hmm. at the highest rated movie all the way down to the bottom. And I'm curious, I'm like, I wonder if there's any horror movies that are like highly regarded that I've never seen. And sure enough, you know, there's about 14 movies in that top 100 that I've never seen before. And one of them is this movie called Deadwood Park. And there's another one called Community that came out in 2012. And I'm like, what the fuck are these movies? And why are they so well regarded? So Mm. I, I found myself a copy here of this Deadwood Park. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, there's no fucking way anyone actually thinks this is like a good movie. There's no way. And you look it up and it's got like a 4.0 average rating on Letterboxd. And you're like... No way. And I'm like, this has got to be a put on. And so you, you <laughs> click on the users who have given this thing five stars. And mm. it's like all these accounts that like have logged like a bunch of generic movies and rated them. But you know what? Not like Blade Runner doesn't measure up to Deadwood Park. And it's like, okay, there's no way that there's, there's these people who have these sort of tastes that like would ever watch Deadwood Park in a million years. This shit, like, no no one's ever seen this, let alone the people who are, like, doing this. So I'm like, is this, like, the director, like, trying to, like, create buzz for his own movie by, like, like using letterbox to, like, artificially inflate his numbers? Because it's just, like, it doesn't make any sense otherwise. That's got to be. It's got to, right. So, because, so this movie, it's two hours long. 
and it is mm-hmm. like an independent movie. Like in the <laughs> like this is like you are you and I could shoot this movie like this weekend in a day. In a couple, in maybe a couple days. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if I mean, the most this movie has going for it is that it was like shot on this like old dilapidated like uh, theme park. So it's got like old like mm-hmm. roller coaster in the woods, and it's like oh that's kind of neat. That's like, a cool backdrop to a horror movie. But it's like <laughs> oh hey let's have like seventeen establishing shots of this and like a bunch of like and you just keep going back to it and you're watching you're like this is so badly edited like. You don't need to literally show these people walking over this fence like as many times as you've shown it. Like you just, (laughs) people don't even care. They don't care how they get from this point to another. But you're like, oh no, it's atmosphere. It's like, no, it's just bad editing. It's this fine line that like you don't become aware of until you like start like watching because you're so bored watching it. You're just like, when does Mm -hmm. this get going? And then when there's like these scenes of this guy, I don't even, so the story is that his brother disappeared when he was a kid and uh, there was a serial killer in their community. And like after the, his brother disappeared, that was like the last victim and there was no other kids. So it's like, mm-hmm. they never found his, his brother's body and it's really haunted him all these years. And he's moved back to town. He's this like oafish loaf of a man. He's probably the director too. And he's like, and he's trying to be an actor. So there's a lot of emoting and him walking around this like, old house and then spooky things happen but they're like so badly executed like there's no actual like scares mm-hmm. to it it's so uh as we mentioned earlier overbooked like there's just like so much like back history thrown into this movie and like flashbacks to like 1945 and like world war ii footage and you're like but it's like stock footage with a bunch of like guys who was like hey we got some world war ii costumes from like the uh the uh, army outfitter in town. Let's just get some of those and it'll be like authentic. Cause we shot it in a field and it's just like endless. This movie just doesn't stop going and it's just filling in information. You're like, I don't care. No one cares. And mm-hmm. yet this is like a 4.0 on letterbox by people who aren't real accounts. So are out, you, so are out, you of, say, out of spite, going. out of spite, I gave this movie one star. Cause I, I don't give mm-hmm. a shit. This movie doesn't matter. But the fact that there's so many five stars, I'm like, no bull. This is fake. This is fake news, RJ. I don't. That, that <laughs> Deadwood Park can get fucked. This is like such scumbaggery. Um, I, I also have this community movie that I'm also going to check out and find out why the fuck is this so highly regarded? Because I'm pretty sure it's the same gimmick. I'm pretty mm. sure there's some there's a fix going on here. Are you saying that uh, Justin DeClo was uh, unauthentic, unauthentic when he said that this was the Changeling on steroids? Or that Joakim Anderson's uh, four-star review was also unauthentic. That this Eric Stans film... That's right. The director who brought us, I spit on your corpse, I piss on your grave, that his movie might not be a five-star life-changing event? I think I think there might be some... I don't know necessarily if the director is responsible for this or maybe the uh, production company hired some like some fake accounts to emerge like i that's all i can guess it it, it didn't take much uh, there's only 55 star ratings a, a 64 and a half 64 so there's only like i don't know maybe like 200 people who've even seen this fucking movie but you, you check out those accounts like of those five stars and it's like they mm-hmm. have like zero followers and it's like oh and like zero like they're like they're like non accounts and they have, but mm-hmm. they've clicked enough movies to make it look like they like they were active, but they had to be like, oh, the, the Deadwood Park is five stars. <laughs> um, 
Shameful. This is some uh, investigative uh, reporting right here on the the podcast. Is this uh, investigative journalism, podcasting, yeah. Halloween Blumhouse yes, style? That's right. So if it's not Skype, it's a podcast, hey? Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and then I found a movie because I was trying to watch Deadwood Park while also handing out Halloween candy. And I said, Ooh, nice. Fuck this. Like this is not, uh, doesn't work well with it. So I started watching a, an 80s movie called The Outing, uh, which is about a, an evil genie that comes oh, out of a lamp. Like a gin? Like a gin. Uh-huh. Uh, that comes out of a lamp. This movie's got a lot of sexual imagery going on, RJ. There's a scene of Ugh. a woman rubbing the, the end of the lamp and then popping off that cork and it blows out some steam. I think you're the only person who sees that kind oh, of stuff. Man, it's all over this movie, man. Uh, this yeah. movie though is like the perfect movie to hand out Halloween candy to because you don't need to pay attention to it. It's just like inoffensive. It's got some sweet uh, 80s synthy sounds. Uh, it's just like the usual people are going to die. Nothing really happens in particular. The biggest come down on it though is like the gore sucks. It's just like, oh, they, they cut away way too much. And then when they finally build to a cool death, it's like, oh, that's like an hour, 10 minutes too late. Um, I don't know. And not enough evil genie action. I mean, you, you go to the Wishmaster for that. Uh, I like Wishmaster. I know. That's what I mean. You want evil genie stuff? You go watch that. You don't, you don't go to the outing. I will watch that. Good. I will. I'm glad. Uh, and then I watched uh, a new movie called The Witch in the Window. This is on Shudder and is also mm. like Shudder. Yeah. So mm. this is also on uh, like that 77 minute mark. But unlike Bloodthirsty Butchers, this movie's like an easy watch. And uh, this is like definitely fits into the, what do you call it? Flanagan esque. Ooh. Yeah, I know about Flanagan. Is this all about grief and loss? Mm kind of it's kind of more of the essential vibe but without that so this is a movie uh it's about a dad who's taking his son out to flip a house that he's bought out in the country hmm. um and it's just yeah his father and son moving out you, there, you notice that there's some sort of tensions going on with him and his wife uh, mm-hmm. and they're going to go and yeah they find this old place that they're going to turn into a, a, a winner or are they or, or is this dad trying to like build a new house for his family so they can all be together and escape that city life that's like causing all these stresses who knows mm-hmm. uh, there's some sweet action figures in this movie there's like a, a Colossus from the X-Men line from the 90s mm-hmm. there's a uh, electric Superman uh, some real deep cut toys that I'm like whoa you don't see those very often but what's, the, but what's the spookiness of this movie? Well, apparently, an old lady died there. Some people say it was a witch. And in the movie or in real life in, while they were feel, uh, filming it? Uh, both. In the movie, RJ. Uh, <laughs> so, this is a movie. It's okay. just like, a lot of it is just like father-son interactions. They're just chatting with one another and having like good, honest, well-written dialogue between the two of them uh, as they build up this whole thing about what they're doing. Um and then as they repair the house, this this witch lady seems to be showing up in reflections mm. and lingering and stuff like that. Um, I'd say that the actual witch stuff is a little, nah, I could do without that kind of fast-paced editing and screaming and running away sort of stuff. You're like, yeah, they could have done that better. But on the whole, the movie's quite well made. Um, it's got a good little novel-esque ending uh, that, that works well. 
Mm. Uh, there's one really good gag. It's like kind of like I'm pretty sure I've seen it before, but in this, it's actually done really, really well and it's so underplayed that it's like, wow, that was really good. Um, but yeah, I'd say that like if you're in the mood to just watch some like short, well-made, like independent little horror movie that's on Shutter or whatever, uh, it, this is like miles above a lot of stuff that uh, will be you'll be told is like really good. And then you watch it and go, that was not great at all. This is like solid. Um, like what? Solid. Oh. Solid? Yes. Solid what? Unlike a ghost. Solid filmmaking. This is a solid piece oh. of cinema. <laughs> Fuck, how long have we been talking? Like four hours? Uh, it's getting damn close. Jesus, I'm... Jesus, <laughs> keep going. Finish her off. This is like detention. I know. Okay, so the best movie I watched all month. Okay, hit it. This it pisses me off so much. Like I, I was alluding to this earlier. So I watched a dark song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this movie. It, it came out no 2016. Um, Patton Oswalt had a tweet about this at the beginning of the month, and he was mm-hmm. and he was pissed off too, because he's like, "What the fuck? Why am I finding about this movie now?" This movie that's like so fucking good, so well made, and like mm-hmm. no one talks about it. No one talks about this fucking thing, and it's so great. And you look up like people who've talked about it, and it's all like, mm, it's okay, it's okay, it's a three stars, it's all right. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm watching this, and I'm like, I fucking love this movie. This mm. is this is like the this is the Hellblazer movie that we wanted. This is like uh, like Alan Moore chaos magic, like but applied with like intelligence and like reality and thought it's like this mm. is like a great movie um I, it oh, and i got again i'm like i'm looking through like why didn't i watch this movie like why did no one talk about it and sure enough most people have not watched this thing uh my friend Corey, he watched this like two three weeks ago after that pot Patton oswald post came up and i had just uh looked at that one list about weird british movies like like uh horror kind of ghosty british stuff and i saw this movie pop up and i had popped, put it onto my watch list and then he watched mm-hmm. it and he was like it's really good and i'm like okay cool i'll have to watch that and i did and i watched it like after we recorded the uh, the other week and i was mm-hmm. like holy shit this movie's like everything i kind of look for and hope for in a lot of these movies so hmm. the, the layout of this movie is that there's a woman and she's in grieving. Um, mm-hmm. She's uh, it's like, it's like kind of like, don't look now. It's like, she's lost a son. Um, and she's like, okay. she's had an episode. Something's gone on. And all we know is that like, she's gone out to this house in the middle of nowhere in Wales. Um, and she wants to rent it out for like a long period of time. And then she, she goes to the train station to picks up this like beardy, weirdy guy. Um, Who's like I don't know, wearing a bucket hat and like just like just a schlubby dude. And mm-hmm. they show up and they roll up and they're doing this like walk through of the house and they're all making all these comments about fasting and doing all this stuff and like are you sure you want to do this? It takes a lot of time. And so you get this thing, this sense of like this is kind of like um, it fits into like that that the urban magician kind of thing. Like when I mentioned John Constantine Hellblazer, it's like mm. this like like this idea of like what is real magic in the world. Like it's not like spells and casting wizards and fighting demons and like really like quick fast paced adventures with magic shotguns. Blah blah blah. This is like oh. Like you can go through rituals, but these rituals take a long time. And a lot of it actually is like symbolic. Uh, Hmm. There's talk of like the Kabbalah and stuff like that. And like finding, speaking to your guardian angel to make a wish. Kabbalah? Yeah. Like the Madonna religion? Uh, Yeah, whatever. Like that, but not. She does Kabbalah. 
I'm sure she does, but, uh, okay. I mean, yeah. So like, this is like kind of like stripped down. Um, this is like maybe just a movie for me though. Maybe this stuff doesn't work mm. for people, but like, uh, one of my favorite Alan Moore comics is, uh, Promethea, which is basically, uh, the roadmap of Alan Moore's like belief system of magic, which I think is just like an endless stream of like ideas and research. That's like Aleister Crowley stuff. And this movie like does all that and does it completely straight. And it's like, this is the movie that you get. And it's like, looks at those rituals and like, Hey, what if someone actually did that? Let's make a movie about that. And I'm like, fuck, like, this is what I want. This is all I've like, this is the type of movie I want to see. And, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I fucking love this. This movie is great. Um, I think because it's like, I like it maybe more than a lot of people would just cause it's like, it checks so many balance boxes for it, but it's like, it's so well-made well-paced. Um, and then when it gets to like the spooky stuff, it's mm-hmm. like, Oh fuck. What the fuck is that? And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I dug this a lot and I think more people should know about it. And yeah, it pisses me off how disappointing letterbox is when it comes to good stuff, because you think the whole point of letterbox I've always said for me is finding out about good stuff that I wouldn't know about normally. And this fell completely through the cracks. My letterbox community completely failed me. And, mm. uh, it wasn't until like finding out about this movie by accident being like, Oh, Wait, this is really, really good. And uh, why, why the fuck are people not talking about it? Why are they so fucking dumb? Hmm. And I feel like it's kind of borderline the same thing for the ritual for me. I th- I think the ritual is really yep. good, but it seems like it's like kind of middling. Some people are like okay on it. And I mean, whatever, it's subjective. But I don't know. It's another <laughs> movie that like I think people should talk about more. But uh, hey, I, I, Dark Song is I think I mean better than that too. So hey, I uh, that book copy of the ritual that I've owned for about three years i uh i just i just pulled off the shelf so i'm gonna read that bad boy and then i'll watch that movie and i'll see if you're on the level all right but uh this movie you're talking about it sounds cool i'll watch it next year cool i'll watch it next year and i'll start, see if start you're on the, the start, level start the clock 325 days from now there you go there you go hey. is uh that it for you that's it for me okay i'm gonna hit you with four and then uh i'm gonna save my uh two movies I like to watch night of the werewolf and street trash. I'll save them for the creeps. I'm going to hit you with some other stuff. Okay. Uh, first I want to talk to you about a night to dismember by Doris Wishman who did, uh, looks like she was like a female director. Yep. And she did nudie things like bad girls go to hell and nude on the moon. Yep. That's pretty cool. She She did a lot of nudie movies. Yep. Dildo heaven. Good Christ. <laughs> All right, whatever. So she was a nudie director. Uh, I don't even know where I heard of this, um, but it was on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, I checked out. It's like shot on video, I think. It's film. It probably looks like it was shot on video, but it's I, it would have been film. On uh, 1983. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I was trying to mention that. And I was like, I don't think that was like, cause she, uh, I'll remove it. Whatever. I, I don't know. It's borderline. A lot of people, it's hard to tell sometimes with shot on video and uh, like film. Depending well, on the it, camera. it looks like it, but yeah. uh, this movie is 69 minutes, which is just mint. Um, this movie is pretty cool. Uh, it starts off and you have a narrator and it's like this fat chubby guy in like a cemetery. And he's like, let me tell you about the mysteries of the mind. He's like, ever heard about lightning? He's like, did you know that when you get hit by a lightning, your brain goes crazy? Um, so it's like that. And then 
honestly, I don't even remember what the movie was about. There was some story about like parents and their their daughter was going out with a boyfriend and they thought she was a nymphomaniac and they like beat her up. But there's like a serial killer going around. Um, I don't even remember. I watched this movie like a week ago. I don't remember it that much, but I kind of liked it. Hmm. It had some cool stuff. I, I liked uh, I liked some of the shots. I tried <sighs> I tried watching this movie like a few yep. years ago. Not I couldn't get into it at all. I could be yeah, in the wrong, I could have been in the wrong mood for it, but it's just like because it's jarring. Because like what it was is like she she made another movie and then mm-hmm. like she apparently lost it or like it all fell apart and like lost a ton of footage and so they had to like fix it with that voiceover narration and mm-hmm. so it's like kind of a crumb bum affair of like mishmash and stuff like that and I was just like no thanks like I don't want to watch <laughs> this anymore so yep well I uh, I logged it three stars which means I liked it. Mm-hmm. But also, I watched it like not even a week ago, and I don't even remember it. So I, that's got to be a mark against it somehow. I don't know. Hey, you want to hear about Frankenhooker? Yeah. <laughs> By Frank Henenwater? I like those hookers. Uh, so Frank Henenwater, that's right. The man who brought us Basket Case has a Frankenstein monster story about a guy who's a, he's like a med school dropout and he's like a super genius apparently. And uh, he makes a lawnmower that accidentally kills his wife and he feels bad about it. So he takes her head and he's got the plan that he's going to go down and he's going to kill a bunch of hookers and use their body parts to reassemble his wife. Um, this movie sounds better than it is. <laughs> I think is the the best way to describe it. It sounds super cool. But there's not a lot to it. For an 80-minute movie, it's so fucking long. You're like watching it and you're like, "Okay, I get it." "Okay, I get it." "All right, I got it." You're like, "Move on to the next thing, man." Cuz like that's the whole time watching. You're like, "All right, all right, move on, move on." And it just never comes. It never comes. It never like it never thinks that you'll figure it out and like move on to the next thing. And that's too bad, man. That's too bad. But, uh, I don't know. It's got a cool finale. It's got some, uh, basket case two style monsters, like real flesh monsters that are all fingers and hands and, uh, things like that. So that's kind of cool. But on the whole, it's, it's mostly just kind of like disappointing. You're like, Oh, I thought this would be cooler. But there's not a lot going on. There is exploding crack whores, which I know you're a fan of. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. Like, it's got good stuff. It's just there's n- nothing really about it that makes it be like, oh, wow. Yeah. What a good show. Yeah. But uh, I do I do love that actress. Uh, her name's Patty Mullen, uh, who plays Freakin' Hooker. I think she's pretty awesome. Uh, she's only in one other movie, and it's Doom Asylum, which oh. I've heard a lot about. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to check that out one day. Uh, but yeah, Frankenhooker, it's it's okay. It's just... <laughs> High praise. Yeah, it's... You know? Yeah, I, I don't know. It was okay. That's kind of how I feel about that old Frank uh, Hennenwater dude. Hennenwater? Yeah, he's, like, he's very much the definition of okay. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's uh, just okay. I, I think like Basket Case Two might be kind of my favorite of his movies because those monsters in that movie are so movie's rad. Pretty dope. No, yeah, and it's been a long time since I watched Basket Case, but Basket Case is pretty. Like Basket Case is pretty good, but uh, Basket ta- Basket Case Two is also pretty cool. It's got great great monsters. Mm-hmm. Anyways, whatever. Uh, you want to hear about Taste of Evil? 
I'm going to tell you about it, whether you like it or not. I don't even know what that is. It's a 1970s made-for-TV movie, Jarrett. And it is by my buddy, John Lewin Moxley. So this is the man who brought us City of the Dead, a.k.a. Horror Hotel, one of my favorite movies from last year. Uh, he also made a made-for-TV movie called Home for the Holidays, which I watched at Christmas last year. So uh, this was a another made-for-TV movie called A Taste of Evil. This movie's actually really good, Jert. Hmm. Jert. I'm going to tell you about it because it's got your girl, Barbara Stanwyck, from The Lady Eve, Double Indemnity, Ball of Fire. Uh, she's way old. Uh, yeah, she's pretty old in this. So, well, uh, 1971 is when this came out. Okay, so, so, so 20 years older than in yeah. her heyday. This movie's 70 minutes, so it's just over an hour. With commercials, it would have been an hour and a half, two hours maybe. Uh, this movie's actually pretty cool, man. Um, it's really dark. Uh, so you have this like real affluent family that has this mansion out in the countryside, and the movie starts, it's them, they're having a party, and their daughter that's like 10 years old is playing in her like little treehouse type thing. And everyone's like having a good time. It's all rich people, they're schmoozing, and the daughter's playing. And then in the doorway of the daughter's like clubhouse, just like a big figure enters the doorway, and it's all shadowed. And she's the girl's like, oh, hey, what's up? Do you want to play? And then the figure doesn't say anything. And she's like, oh, okay, I'll just kind of like hang out, whatever. And then the figure takes a step closer and it goes to the girl and she's like, oh, what's going on? And then the figure takes another step closer and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I know what's going on here. (laughs) I know what's going on. Uh, And the girl gets raped, Jarrett. She gets raped. And that sucks. Mm. Uh, And then Roddy McDowell comes in from the Planet (sighs) of the Apes series. Uh, So actually what happens is 20 it like jumps 15 years or something and the daughter who was like raped before she's been in kind of like uh, a psychiatric asylum since then because she's never like recovered from that experience and she gets brought home and then because like I don't I don't know how to describe this for you I don't want to like ruin it but so her family sucks and they're really (laughs) shitty to her and it's about her trying to get over this. But her family's like, I don't know. Maybe it was good that you got raped. We don't care. Wow. Fuck you. And <laughs> you're just like, whoa. Like for a TV movie from the 70s, I was just like, holy shit. This thing's covering some dark territory. And like the man who raped her like just lives at the house. And you're like, whoa. And everyone's like kind of cool with it. And then yeah. like when you figure out near the end like what's going on, you're like, oh shit. Like, I think if this wasn't a TV movie, if this was a big budget movie today, this would be like pretty well acclaimed. It would be one of those movies where people would be like, yeah, that's really good. It's not like going to blow your dick off, but that's a really good show. So Taste of Evil was actually really good. I like this John Lewin Moxley, hmm. man. Sounds I think like, he's a pretty good. Sounds guy. like a competent journeyman director. He is like he made all these like made for TV movies and I don't know. Uh, City of the Dead Horror Hotel, I think is awesome. Yeah, that's a beautiful movie. Yeah, real good. But he's got a ton of movies. Ugh, a lot of TV <laughs> stuff. <laughs> horror. Wrap it up. Okay, I got one more to talk to you yep. about. I'm going to tell you about Evil Speak. Oh, man. What a this climax. Is a what, a, what a payoff. 
Uh, yeah, well, it's like I said, I'm going to leave the other ones. We've been talking for so long. Oh, yeah. Evil speak. Uh, I brought this up because uh, I uh, watched something with Clint Howard. <laughs> I don't even remember what it was. And you're like, oh, you got to watch Evil Speak, man. Well, you watched The Wraith. And then uh, what did I watch? Santa with Muscles? <laughs> no, it couldn't have been that. Oh, not like us. You're like, oh, you got to watch Evil Speak. Yeah. So Evil Speak is this like uh, kind of cultist. Uh, it's Satanist, all right. Sa- yeah, Satanist, um, gothic horror in the modern age movie about Clint Howard is in a military school and Bob from that 70s show just bullies the fuck out of him and everyone's really mean to him. And by chance, he kind of stumbles on this Satanist computer, uh, computer and uh, he like explores it a little bit. And uh, he kind of uh, like bull from night court is in it. Yeah, Bull, Bob from the 70s show, uh, Clint Howard himself. Uh, so this movie, Jared, is so sad that I was really bummed out watching it. It honestly, it, it bummed me out so bad because it's like Clint Howard is like, he's just like a nice guy and everyone bullies the fuck out of him. And you're just like, oh, man. I feel bad for you, Clint. He's like always trying to do the right thing. He like minds his own business. Nobody bugs him. And you're just like, oh, man, I feel so bad for you, Clint Howard. Uh, so it really bummed me out, man. I thought it was really sad. There's also uh, some gratuitous or there's some some animal stuff in this movie that I'm not totally on board with. Uh, there is a, a puppy sacrifice to make uh, for like the spilling of blood to mm-hmm. make everything happen but then and it's like okay i'm pretty sure they didn't kill that puppy for real that's fine i'm pretty sure I, i'm okay with that but uh, there is a lot of boars like wild hogs in this movie and uh they're getting run through like real life flames <laughs> like while the church is on fire they're like running like seven eight like pigs through some fire and i was like oh i don't know about that that's a little bit out there but uh so the thing about this movie and i'll spoil it a little a little bit the ending is pretty magnificent. Mm-hmm. So you have this big movie building up about how this guy just gets shit on for his whole life. Mm-hmm. And then you have this you have this ending and it is fucking magnificent. Everybody gets their comeuppance. Yeah. And uh his like I don't want to say exactly what it is, but like his his figure, his stature <laughs> while things are happening is just like unbelievable yeah. it's so cool yeah this movie kind of like drags ass to that conclusion but when it gets yep. there it's like just some akira shit mm-hmm. yeah it's real good man it's real cool so uh yeah evil speaks not bad uh i i can see why you like it um you're a bad dude but uh whatever uh no it, it really bummed me out but that ending is pretty pretty rad mm-hmm mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah if you're so, into yeah. if you're into rad endings Evil speaks for you. Ooh, shit. Look what you did there. Yeah. If you like f- floating in fire swords and mayhem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like some of those things. Oh, my God. This is hey, like, this is have like, we been th- talking th- th- for a long time. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'll, I'll let you know what the total is. And you, the listener, will know because you'll probably have given up a long time ago when you see holy shit this is like over three hours long nobody's listening anymore nope well that's fine if they're rewarded good on you you're you're a graduate now Mm. and you can come back next year Mm. 
the rest of you no can, one will the rest, come the back. rest of you can fuck off nobody's we'll, coming we'll back. just we'll just keep teaching uh <laughs> adjunct faculty <laughs> so tired good night stay creepy and uh next wednesday we'll be uh talking about that fellini Oh, Fellini. We, we love our Italian pronunciations. Fellini, uh, Federico, Fellini, and the beam, and the bottom. We're so tired. Yeah, I'm pretty tired, dude. Yeah, it's time, it's time to call our quits. Good night. Ow. Ow.